This is a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Now it this is. This is the, uh, the. This is our Zoom recorder. This is. Oh, oh. I don't know if you. Guys, I would. I would show you the setup I have right now because it's actually splayed out, um, easy to see. But I don't want to fuck with the camera. Well, I mean, the room is. I feel like the camera's on one side <laughs> of your bedroom and you're on the other. No, this is the whole bedroom. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot else going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the Seinfeld apartment. There's nothing. There's nothing actually here. The studio audience is over here. Um, when you're ready, can you text me the YouTube link? Oh yeah. When you're ready. And and a dick pic. And it's yeah, absolutely. Please hold. All right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna record a backup track just in case you need it. Yep. Computer, turn off the fan. That should give you a little, take a little buzz out. And let's see if Nick's head, we can get a little. And it's a little better, right? Thank you. Oh, great dick. It's not every day. I never get that one. When I send dick pics, I never get a great dick. This is top five dicks. <laughs> I've seen a lot of dicks. This is a real nice one. You know, if they give, if they, if the, at best I get like a thumbs up emoji. <laughs> at least you don't get a aww. So cute and tiny. <laughs> they're just trying to they're pinching the phone to make it bigger. Oh, just, I've actually maxed out the zoom on your dick pic, and it, it's still pretty underwhelming. <laughs> I would never say that about your killer pillar, Jack. I only accept Jack's yeah, dick yeah. pics on my tablet. <laughs> because you need to you need to print them out on that on like poster paper. It, it, you need eight 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 by five eleven sheets of paper. You got to change the settings on the printer. All right, I just sent you the link in case you want to share it with anybody. I'm going to share it with Miss Hillary just in case she yes. gets lonely tonight. Yeah. So. Um... I mean, obviously, I've already started the show because that's how I operate. Um, mm-hmm. We're live, Nick. Yeah, Hillary. Needs no dick jokes. <laughs> no dick. No dick pic jokes. Or more dick pic jokes. That, that's we know our audience. Uh, uh, Hillary wasn't feeling great, so she's taking the week off. So we uh, audibled, and Jack brought his roommate. And if you listen to we like we do, uh, it accidentally happened. Uh, I don't want to say that Hillary was replaced, but a suitable other person. I don't know. My fucking brain hurts. Uh, Nick Noga. He's a writer, filmmaker, longtime collaborator of Jack's. Um, like I mentioned, he's been on Wii. I think you've been on 90s percentile, too. 
Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> he, I saw, I saw the look. He was, our, he was on Worst Episode Ever. He was our first guest on Worst Episode Ever. Uh, way back on episode four, I th- five, I think. What year was that? 2014. Uh, and uh, he was on 90s Percentile a couple of times. Uh, he's on one of our fan favorite episodes, the episode on death, um, which is not a 90s topic, but people did die in the 90s, so technically it counts. Uh, and he was our first Sync Points guest. He did the Simpsons movie with us. Did so. you do Superman or something? We also did Superman Returns, yeah. And Bat- were you there for Batman? Yeah, yeah. It just felt like I was watching movies at your house. I didn't- well, you were. That's what we were doing. Yeah. There was just a mic in front of you. I was like, you oh, yeah, you're also doing something with podcast. <laughs> uh, Nick and I go way back. We took a TV writing class uh, my junior year, years and years ago. It was uh, uh, late 2014. Yeah, had to have been. Yeah, it was, it was when Lost premiered. So it was fall 2014, and it was a TV sketch and comedy writing, sitcom writing, late night monologues, that stuff. Nick sat on the other end of the room. I don't think I had one conversation with him the entire semester. But at the end of the semester, I said, we should create a sketch group. Everybody in here, we should all form a sketch group. And the buddy of mine, Bryce, uh, another We Studios guest, he was like, yeah, let's do it. And he put a call out, and the only two people who showed up were me and Nick. And that's how I met Nick. I didn't know you invited other people. I thought it was like really. I, no, I oh, think it was supposed to be the whole class. Especially wanted me. No, no, no. no. You, were, like, you were literally the last choice. I thought it was a date. Uh, I was yeah. like, wow. <laughs> but uh, we've been friends ever since. And uh, we've made a lot of stuff together. We did start a sketch group called Pete and the Peters. There's one sketch, uh, two sketches, uh, three sketches on uh, on YouTube that we did. Uh, we. We, sh- we, we wrote hundreds, we filmed a few, there's a few we never, that never got done because I started cursing my sister out on. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kept that for that thing I did. The mic's over here, buddy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. There was, there was that other one, that other one that we did with uh, Frankie Nasso, which I, I entirely wrote that, that, uh, the chair one. Yeah. That was based entirely off of something I watched you and Bryce do. So. No, I, yeah, we, I wrote or improvised a sketch and then you, completely rewrote it uh into something even crazy you guys have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> uh there was one well frankie Fra- i was gonna say, was was gonna say frankie nasso that's not ah you go i say there was one time i spent quite a bit of time going through jack's youtube and watching a lot of his old videos that are other like him and his, his dad arguing or something it's not me and my dad arguing it's my that was my thesis documentary about my parents divorce <laughs> I didn't say I paid attention to it. I said I watched it. Yeah. Now my YouTube channel doesn't is just home videos. Basically, I have very little actual content on there. Yeah, uh, I, I did. You, I mean, you, and- YouTube came. YouTube wasn't even a thing when we went to film school. We like it. It just pre. It, it everything we made predated YouTube. Everything that's on there we added after the fact. I think what the listeners yeah, really well, want to know, though, uh, Matt, was that uh, film that Jack did about his his parents' divorce. Uh, was that a Mary fuck or a kill? It was a, I don't remember. <laughs> no. So it was a fuck. Well, well it wasn't a marriage because uh, it was a divorce. <laughs> you insensitive fuck. <laughs> it was at least two of the three. The third is still pending. There's still time. Oh, boy. Um, oh, speaking of, I bought bananas last week, Jack, and I thought of your dad. 
<laughs> I bought bananas too. I bought two bunches. This is very interesting stuff, Nick. Try to keep up. I bought two two bit broke two bunches of bananas at the food store. Uh green. And both but that both bunches never turned yellow. They just went like they were green the entire time and then they just started spotting brown and then more brown. There was literally no yellow. I just give give me a day. Give me a day of yellow. I've been having that problem with avocados. Uh by the time I get them, they're so goddamn mushy. And then I go to like the, the knife trick where you get the seed and turn it and it just shoots through the seed through the avocado into my hand. I think I'm done eating avocados uh, for a while. I I I I will not try to cut the the seed out. I'm so afraid of getting that avocado injury that's like very famous where you cut like that that nerve in your hand. Yeah. I literally I I peel it and then I just mush it and squeeze the pit that. out and then I lick my fingers and then I just put the mush onto whatever I'm eating. Then you touch so you guys don't just t- you don't just take the avocado just whack it real quick with a big knife and whack it. Yeah, the, so the, when, when, yeah, you just kind of like, like I, light, I, slice it, I slice it in half, yep. yank it apart, yep. pit is exposed, and just whoosh, and then yank out the the pit. Yeah, and, that, and that's normally what I do. You just kind of give it a little slap. But yeah. these avocados are so fucking ripe. Um, there's some some ripe bastards. So kind of like when you apply pressure, it mushes and turns, and that's how the knife is going through the avocado flesh. And so you could market an avocado based on how likely you are to injure yourself. And say they're so ripe you'll die. <laughs> Just, uh, I was gonna say you've heard of suicide. You've heard of suicide wings. Yeah, it's yeah, a suicide that, avocado. That, so ripe the, you will cut your hand off. We do that in Scoble units on peppers and stuff. So I was thinking, yeah, that makes absolute sense. Is that there's a pain <laughs> in avocados? Avocado <laughs> index. I uh, I've been told, and uh, maybe. I know you were nor I know you were no Cal Corey, but I've been told if I move to LA, when I move to LA, I should expect a higher quality avocado in general. Yes, but all of our avocados in California are advertised as avocados from Mexico. Wow. Are there they can't all be winners? Are there any avocado oh. plantations in the United States? I, I think I think uh I think Duluth has one. Seems like a bad place for uh, avocados to grow, but uh, I'll take your word for it. One thing you've never done is be an ass or lie to me. <laughs> never once. Actually, what I was surprised when me, I moved but... to California was the the cheese quality. The, California has really high quality cheese. I thought for sure that it was just a Wisconsin thing, but no. Yeah, no, our, uh, our cows will fuck California cows up. Yeah, but not milk well. I don't know if you ever had a goddamn fresh cheese curd. No. Yes. Uh, f- fuck you. Back <laughs> have you ever gone? He's to in purchase- the area now. Have, have you ever gone to purchase liquor at 11 a.m. on a Friday and then just see fresh cheese curds that you have to buy? Every Friday, that's me. Like while I'm buying, still beer, never had a cheese curd. Uh, but are, I can still have, are you actually still just have going never to Gary and saying, "Give me a beer," because I feel like that's what you would be. No, doing. no, no, no. I'm getting a beer and then saying, "Give me some dairy." <laughs> Right. I'm like, while I'm here, might as well kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, Jack, I'll have to get you some fresh cheese curds. Uh, uh, do they have vegan cheese curds? Please leave. I don't know how they make that vegan cheese. <laughs> that doesn't exist. It's fucking. It's the way of the future, Matt. When we're living, when we're living in the climate apocalypse, you're gonna have to learn to live in a world of all fake food. 
Oh, believe, I'll probably be dead from my red meat consumption. I believe in vegan, it's cheese curse. <laughs> Jack did get me to try his vegan cheese, and I'll I'll admit it looked terrible, but it tasted like cheese. Yeah. So Nick, uh, so we, me and Nick, live together as well, and uh, we're pretty. We for a long time we were mo- pretty much the only people we've seen since quarantine started. Uh, what Nick does is he cooks himself. He, he's learned uh, to make his own hamburgers every weekend, and that's like his uh, his treat to himself. He, he makes his own burgers. Uh, he made one for me uh, last week. Uh, very delicious. So I, I was like, here, try this vegan patty. Try this vegan cheese. See how it holds up. We did a side-by-side comparison. We did a taste test. Uh, I'll be honest. The, the vegan one was not bad. Uh, I did. Yeah. We did We did the, the Beyond Burger. And, uh, yeah. And then the cheese, too. The, the cheese was a big vegan brand called... Daya, Daya, D-A-Y-Y-D-A-I-Y-A. I don't know if it was made from coconut or... It didn't taste um, like like plastic or it didn't taste like chemicals. It just tasted like kind of not sharp cheese. And since it didn't taste like plastic or chemicals, it didn't taste like real craft American cheese. Yeah. So, And the meat didn't taste like beef. It just tasted like meat product. Yeah, and they use beet juice to simulate the blood because you know vegans most of all we miss the blood the blood so (laughs) this is a a observation i had is i had a friend of ours is a vegetarian and i was making tacos for us so i got her uh, the beyond meat and my stupid fucking ass puts it in a pan and gets confused when the shit doesn't turn brown i'm so used to browning ground beef you've made it worse jack Uh, i know okay um but i'm so used to ground beef browning to know when it's cooked that i'm just cooking the shit out of this beyond and it stays like that pink color yeah I, I, it's i don't like that especially somebody who's always eaten well done i use the meat thermometer and also at the very end i just turn the flame up and just make it black you can't make it brown but you can't make it black okay. we well, were like timing it the, the meat patties yeah said like oh that's that's better yeah i feel like it keeps drifting um have either we'll, of you we'll had see. the uh, impossible whopper Yes. So, and I, I know have. that it's tradi- it's not actually vegan or vegetarian because they don't clean the grill in between the hamburger patties it, in it. They don't. They don't clean the grill, and it has mayo on it, which is not vegan. Oh, true. Um, 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 but it was, no, it, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. It was. Yeah, it was fine. I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about it. I, I feel like if I'm going to go to Burger King, I'll just get a burger. But I'm not like a true vegan. Right. I'm just trying to eat as. But it, I was. I was underwhelmed. Although I don't know. I. There's only one Burger King in our area. Well, it was before I got laid off, um, and it was on my way to the train. So anytime I get Burger King, it's I'm scarfing it down while on the subway, which is not the best way to enjoy food. Uh, so I, I should give it another chance. I am glad to see Impossible and Beyond making its way into fast food and mainstream. It's something like 90% less... Uh, carbon less methane less like and, and as opposed to the same taste 90% less taste as opposed to uh, oh. a pound of of cattle okay. cattle is just so destructive to the environment the, the next the next big chain that just starts that way that's their baseline like we only make vegan burgers that's at like that's at that uh. that's at that burger king level uh like is in every major city yeah well, then they don't have that? to say it's like, well, this is not as good as our old thing, or this is 
almost as good as our, no, this is our thing. This is all we make. We only make the vegan burger. What would be a good name for the, for an all vegan burger chain? Well, out in California. Soy Rogers. Soy Rogers. Soy Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Did you not, had you thought of that already? There's no soy, though. How did you think of that guy quick? <laughs> I was trying to think of rhymes. You had that in your back. No, I had no, it was, there was no, no pocket there. I was uh, trying to come up with a a, 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 a Vig, like I was trying to think of Vig something, and then Soy Rogers. You get so sued by Roy Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not around still, is he? He passed away just a few months ago. Uh, no. in, in, in Northern California, just before I moved, uh, they had opened an Amy's restaurant, so we had oh uh, wow vegan restaurant that was local to us. So based around the Amy's. Amy's is dangerous though, because uh, I started eating Amy's when I. Uh, back in October when I started trying to eat vegan. Uh, and Amy's is all organic. It's a, the supermarket brand of burritos and stuff. But it's not all vegan. There is real cheese and real meat versions of their burritos and stuff. And you have, and it's in like, it's not in the fine print, but it's not in the big print. You really got to make sure you're not. And, and it's a shame because in the vegan, so I've become so acquainted now with the vegan section of the supermarket and living where we live in Williamsburg, I've been very lucky. There's a huge section. Um uh vegan mayo by the way identical to real mayo i, f I fucking love it but uh th there are brands that are dairy free but not vegan uh and it's for lactose intolerant people and they're selling to the vegan market but like underhandedly like they're kind of, they're, they're hoping vegans buy it by accident and my oh. my vegan girlfriend at the time warned me about this and it is it's hard you really got to look and see what's dairy free and what's vegan i am not a vegan by the way Thank you. For uh, being well, I told him you, 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 you he, 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 what's your, what's the, the ground beef thing you do? Mash, mash burger, uh, the, the smash, burger. Oh, smash, smash burger. It's, just a, it's just a technique. It's just like you start with like a wadded up ball of cold ground beef. Yeah. Don't really add any seasoning to it. You just treat it like get it on a hot pan and you just <laughs> smash it down into an ugly thin patty, hold it there for 30 seconds, salt it, flip it. Put the cheese on. It should be cooked like within two, three minutes. Do you, uh, do you if you're cooking on high burgers, point. by you, the the burger chain smash. Burgers? No, okay. No, we 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 have a couple. I think they're they're around. But I don't is, think I've ever had. Is it. that how Shake Shack makes theirs? I've never Shake been behind Shack the, the... the hatred. Mm. <laughs> well, are you talking about how they po poison two cops today? You hear about this? <laughs> yeah, no. I did. Uh, yeah, well, there's, there's, there's two or bleach in their shakes. I guess that's what they're saying. They just was it three, two or three cops. Was it New York? Was it NYPD? They poisoned cops. So they say that their milkshakes made them hospitalized, made them sick. Although I think they've already released a statement saying it wasn't bleach. I don't know. I actually tweeted out today uh, um, when I heard. I go, look, I, I I get diarrhea every time I eat Shake Shack. I had Shake Shack yesterday and today. I had diarrhea two days in a row. So the oh, the police are alleging that they, they, they think poisoned. they've been poisoned. I'm yeah. telling them it's just Shake Shack. Yeah. Oh, so I was, what, I was what happens when you're a 40 year old fat, out of shape uh, government worker who eats a 16 ounce cup of <laughs> sugar and, and milk? I mean, was it like two cops that both had milkshakes and they both got poisoned? Because that would be that would be suspect. I don't know. Yeah. If it was just one guy, a cop yeah. should have a poison tester like King Joffrey. Yeah. No, he. King oh, Joffrey he didn't. Didn't, have, didn't a have a poison tester. tester. That's right. Should have had a poison tester. Who who had a poison? I've seen poison testing before. Somebody had a poison tester. 
Uh, Genghis well, Khan had If it's Iacane powder, you just work up at a tolerance to it. Is that, Got that... the reference? Yes. Thank you. Princess Bride. Yeah. God damn. I figured everybody here knew it. I thought so too. Was... Corey, I'm sure Corey knew it. I've seen the movie two or three times. I, I definitely knew it. Oh. Corey's so quiet today. Well, I'm trying that's, to visit. That's because we that's because I that's because that's because I'm on the show and I never and, shut up. I give you guys five seconds. Fucking crushing a full strength Red Bull over there. <laughs> like the speed. This is not a Red Bull. It's not? No, I no, I, I purposely, I've said to myself, I feel bad. I, it's been like four or five podcasts of terrors that I haven't had a beer with Matt. Oh. So I purposely went to the supermarket and, I, and I'm drinking, it's called a Cronenberg 1664 oh. Blanc. I've heard of it. Uh, I'm drinking a beer called Flavortown with Guy Fieri. This <laughs> fucking light on this camera makes it really difficult to show shit off. There it is. But yeah, yeah at least it's in focus. Eagle Park and... More. Do you know? I don't. I know you don't really. You're not very super online, Matt, uh, on on the Twitter and what have you. Yeah, um, I, I pay more attention but, than I post. Let's put it that way. But Guy Fieri had, has had a. Uh, he's had like a um, in the minds of uh, pop culture, the social whatever zeitgeist. Uh, he used to be a huge, big joke because of the dyed hair and the, the diver dying his brain. People have come around. They actually they realize he's just like a genuinely nice dude. He's yeah. a, you know, I, you know he's kind of a clown. He's kind of a clown. You could tell just from the the logo of the can yep. uh, of beer you just showed us. But uh, yeah, no, everybody's like, you know what? He's not an asshole racist, and that's all. That, that's the, that's all we need right now. It's just he, like just don't be an asshole racist. He does a lot of stuff for charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah. he's definitely been involved in, in helping communities with the COVID stuff. He was working on helping getting um, different restaurants funded. All that said, I mean, going years back, I've known several people who worked at his restaurants because he was out of Sonoma County and didn't have fantastic things to say about working for wow. him at that time. Now, his whole outlook may have changed. He could definitely. Nope, nope. He's canceled. That's it. No, no, I'm it's... spreading the word tonight. He's out. But I'm also, back out. I'm also seeing articles like, uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? Nickelback isn't so bad. And and the fact <laughs> is, is that they're not, though. They're they're they were a joke for a long time and and certainly in the joking sense. But if they're an easy go to and you compare them personally, like as people to other assholes that are in music that are quite popular, despite all the shit that they do. Oh, I thought you were yeah, talking about me until you said quite popular. Well, no, uh, yeah. I was talking about some of the people you like. Who block you on Twitter? But I love just you, Scott Snap. Why? Because uh, it's fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> no so other it, reason. That's the thing is that some of these do come across as a joke to such a point where it stops being funny. Because yeah, th- we can we can laugh at them a little bit, but what if they're actually cool? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not one to ever. I you know I'll be facetious for facetious sake. I I I don't give a shit about celebrities. I. I don't, you know, unless I know them personally, I'll never right. claim to figure out who they are. Um, Guy Fieri seemed like a clown, and people are like, you know what? So what? Nickelback. Even if we can go, oh, they're cool guys. Nobody's still going to be like, but their music is actually brilliant. Like no, I think yeah. Guy Fieri's can still be considered like a, a at what he does, he's good at it. But so um, you can argue that Nickelback is good for what they do. I think Nickelback yeah, is yeah. fucking garbage. It's lowest common denominator rock music, which is literally You're right. They did they did something right. They write. You're hooks. right. They did something right. Yep. 
They write hooks. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you though. Wait, I need to ask you about that yeah. Scott Stapp reference. Yeah, you didn't know this. Uh, you blocked me on Twitter. Well, no, I don't know what you're talking about because either Langoliers or um, Alien Predator, yeah. whatever the last two movies we did, you texted me and, me and Hillary about it. Uh, you know, to set us up for the podcast, and you made some kind of Creed joke. And I just, because Hillary was in the chat, I ignored it and didn't make fun of you. Like, what the fuck, you idiot? What I mean, does that mean? I mean but I didn't, it, it went over my head. The, yeah. Creed, the Creed joke went over my head. Okay, so, yes, Scott Stapp blocked me on Twitter, like, six years ago. And then it took me five years to figure it out. So it's not like I'm a big... He didn't... What did you do? Okay, so it was January of... He literally accepts every. He accepts everybody with arms wide open. You're the one guy he doesn't accept with arms wide open. Correction, Jack. It's me and two other people. <laughs> this, okay, so okay. I know I've told this story before, so if you're rehearing this, I'm sorry, but it's a fucking great story. So in 2014, in January, I was down in Kansas uh, with a friend of mine visiting our friend James, and uh, Scott Stapp was going to be at a venue called the Granada. So we were incredibly drunk. So we're like, you know what would be really funny? Let's tweet at Scott Stapp and talk about how much we hate child support because I think he was on trial for skipping child support payments at the time. So we were sending tweets incessantly talking about how much we hate child support and then making Creed song references at the same time. Okay. Fast forward to October of 2019. James is in Wisconsin. It's my buddy from Kansas uh, for our friend Jake's wedding who was the other guy that was in Kansas with me. There's... I have pictures. I'll have to find them and send them to you later. But it's the, it's it's Jake, his brother Seth. Seth was not in Kansas. That'll come into play later. James and I sitting around a table in a hotel room, and Scott Stapp came up. So we're like, let's fucking look him up. So I go on Twitter, and I'm like, man, it says Scott Stapp blocked me. I'm like, that's weird. And then James did it too, and then Jake did it. All three of us are blocked, and Seth's like, I'm not blocked. And then like the lights started to go on, and we were like, well, Seth wasn't there. He didn't make the comments. Uh, and then we kind of just put two and two together that Scott Stapp blocked us on Twitter for making comment. Like, I think his publicist probably is like, he doesn't need negativity. So he blocks anyone that says anything negative to him. Um, so now mm. I'm trying to see if I can get blocked on Instagram, but there's, there's, there's like two sides to this story is I make a shit ton of Creed references and jokes and how much I love Scott Stapp. Um, I don't really like Creed a whole lot, but I do have human clay on vinyl because there are three songs on that album that are fucking hits. They're early thousands hits. Higher with arms open. They're hits. Right? They have, that's, yeah, that's one of them? They have hooks and they're hits. Um, plus, if someone is looking through my record collection and they stumble on Creed, I think it's funny for them to find it. So the $30 I spent on that vinyl is worth the joke. I hope my kids starve. I don't want them. I don't don't want them to have my money. I'm turning into Eddie Vedder. No, not Eddie Vedder. David David Lee Roth. I bet he's turning into David Lee Roth. Now I'm back to me again. End scene. (laughs) That's crazy. Nick, are you uh, regretting you didn't come on the show yet? Well, no. The thing is, like, I, I couldn't. I, I know all those songs that were just referenced, but like, I, I'm <laughs> really bad. sang perfectly, not referenced. Sang perfectly by Jack Picard. I, I never bothered to learn the names of bands in the '90s, and I, I mean, I went, I lived through the '90s. I was born in '83, uh, so like, I was like, oh shit, I don't know any. 
Creed songs off no. the top of my head. You so, do though. So boy, no, I knew that song, uh, and I was like, oh, okay. uh, so I was like, all right, I, I don't know any, I don't have anything to contribute until I know who who exactly Creed is. Neither did but, Creed. Uh, I figured, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they were gigantic. They've made so much money. No, it was on the radio. Yeah, you could you couldn't have, you know. Been around in, of time for music 2000 and to 2003 and not heard those songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I saw a very funny meme today. I wish I could dig it up, but uh, I, I can't multitask right now. But uh, somebody made a chart and it was uh, a chart. Left, left side was indie rock, right side was new metal. And indie rock was all about how, like, if you were into indie rock uh, in high school and college, you were really cool. But you haven't listened to a new song in 15 years, and it was all these like kind of negative indie rock cliches. And then the right side was new metal, and this per guy found like all of these really good points about new metal. It was just like so it was so bad for so long that now it's cool again. Yep. So um, two things. It's to point uh, out here. It, it's easy. Wait, hold on. It's easy to rock out in the car, and my favorite was. <laughs> you get a you get high fives from everybody at the karaoke bar when you nail break stuff. Yep. Uh, Papa Roach is actually playing their first album front to back live streaming on the internet on Saturday. And I'm fucking excited. Cause I remember like oh, listening wow. to that for the first time, like driving in my buddy's yeah. car. Cause I couldn't drive at the time and just being like that fucking thing opened up a window for me. Um, well, that's good. I haven't yeah. been to GeoCities in a long time, so that'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me know. Uh, if I'm free Saturday, I will join you. Uh, I don't know if this comes up a lot. Uh, me and Dan uh, on either our show or with you guys, but even though we were, uh, oh, and actually this was one of the new metal characteristics is you're also into pop punk. And even though me and Dan were pop punk kids, we were very much new metal. Uh, my one of my ver- my first not my first concert outside of the Warp Tour, like outside of a festival, was Godsmack. Uh, and uh, you know, I was super into LinkedIn, uh, Linkin Park, and uh, I'm LinkedIn, super into LinkedIn. I'm, so- <laughs> I'm still looking for a job, folks. Um, but uh, a huge into new metal and Papa Roach was like a revelation. Yeah. I, I played that album. I think it came out like June, like May or June. I can remember my, my summer Catholic school uniform, May or June of 2001. And I was 2000. 2000. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was obsessed. Yep. I mean, the first track, the cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. That you know, the, just a that, just a jam right there. But then the second single was called "Broken Home," and it was about full circle here about a divorced home and about growing up with divorced parents. And fifteen, I guess four, yeah, fifteen going on sixteen year old Jack really related to broken home. Broken home. I'm so sad. I just that was that was my music for. About a year and a half before I became an indie rocker. So a friend of mine got me on uh, LinkedIn Park's mailing list once, and so I got twenty emails a day about listening to Hybrid Theory. Now I can't tell if you're <laughs> saying LinkedIn Park on purpose or that not. was on LinkedIn. That was a good Link, LinkedIn like Park. LinkedIn Park needs to be a band. It needs to be like four forty-five <laughs> year old businessmen just know. singing their resumes out loud. Yeah, one one fax closer. <laughs> 
Uh, wow. Soy Rogers can be a band. <laughs> Soy Rogers, yeah. Soy Rogers. That would be a ska band. Soy Rogers would be a ska band. It's the vegan cowboy singer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> vegan. It should be a, you're right. It should be a country. There's uh, Soy Punk. Jack, since you mentioned pop punk, New Found Glory is doing a live stream on Friday of like 40 songs. They're playing 40 fucking songs. Wait, who? New Found Glory. No, I know. I oh, I literally didn't hear you. I wasn't paying oh, attention. No, that's fine. Um. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. New Newfound Glory. I only knew the one or two hit songs. I never actually. I know Dan was super. Into, I the pop punk I was into because Dan was very much into it, and Dan was the only one feeding me MP3s. Do you still talk? Um, to, do you talk to Dan? I, I only. Oh uh, no, we had a falling out. We hate each I other think now. You fucking had a falling out. I talk. Of course, I do. No, our birthdays are two days apart. He wished me a happy birthday, and I was going to wish him a happy birthday, but I I got I got very drunk. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to send him on uh, Saturday morning. I'm going over to Hornswoggle's house, so I'm gonna have to send him a picture. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. He he would get a he'd get a kick out of that. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's he has a job, and while well, it sucks children, not right? having a job, Nick was also. Yeah, but uh, his job right now is is extremely stressful. With, uh, I'm you know, I, I, I forget his company's like a lot of companies by Corona, um, so uh, he you know he's been very busy and yeah and being locked up in a two bedroom apartment with two kids it's he's uh, he's struggling, um, but. We wish him well, and we, yeah. once we record our final two E's, we'll release us. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm gonna let Nick uh, talk to Nick for a minute. I'm trying to find something on my computer here. I I, I really like when you start yeah. screaming, and then Nick just looks dead in the face and thinking, "Why the fuck did I agree to do this?" Nick is one because Nick's known me for so long. Nick's known me for so long. I like how so you're like talk to Nick, and then I ask Nick a question, and then you just start talking over him because he's known me for so long, and. Uh, and has and lives with me. He's one of the few people who actually sees me completely lose my shit. So he's he's used to he, he's seen me scream for real. That was nothing. So I I mean I have seen Jack lose his mind. You're telling me it gets worse? Oh yeah. So you, you obviously you gotta, you also gotta around his family. It's amazing. You also know <laughs> uh Jeff. And sure. I have Jeff. played video games with Jeff. Jeff, your friend Jeff, right? Yeah. And your friend Jeff. Um sure. And is Jack worse than Jeff playing in terms games? Of, oh, he's never seen Jeff lose his temper. I've, yeah. And if, every time I've hung out with Jeff, he is the mellowest guy. Jeff is super mellow. He even you got to admit, even his temper tantrums when we we're when we're gaming is low key. It's just super uncomfortable because I'm not trying to win. And then I get yelled at because I ran I, out into a, a field. He's a He's a professional football player. He's a, a brother of a professional soccer player. He was an amateur soccer player. Competition. He doesn't know how to not be competitive. Fair enough. Uh, I've I've never I've never seen him with his game face on. No. You seen him uh, complain about Last Jedi? Yeah, but that is that is that is that him at his worst? No, nah, not his okay. worst. I mean, he was he just he didn't like the movie, but most people didn't like the movie. I mean, Nick's a diehard old school George Lucas fan. Uh, he, you know, big Star Wars fan. Um, Corey, uh, his your movie tastes uh, in terms of the '80s might even be more aligned than than uh, me and you. Um, but uh, we saw Force Awakens together. We watched uh, 
Rise of Skywalker on demand together. Uh, Nick's a big Star Wars guy. So for the record, since that also comes up on the show a lot. So we saw Force Awakens. Did I not turn to you immediately after and say that was awful? Yeah, you hated it. I was I was that one guy that it. immediately after saw it, Force Awakens was like that's Did something. you hate Phantom Menace originally? Because I loved Phantom no. when I was fifteen and Phantom Menace I thought and Phantom that, Menace was amazing. It took and, me and what's yeah. weird what's weird, I, I think a lot of people our age don't want to admit is that right after it came out, nobody was saying how bad it was. No, we were until, raving about it. Until like a few months later, everybody's like, Wait, did we like any of that movie? <laughs> what's the and what's I'm the like, fog? Well, we Darth Maul. That was cool. <laughs> I got that that cool song, <laughs> Duel of the Fates, but but uh, it, pretty much the rest of the movies just very forgettable. Yeah, right around August 1999, like, uh, there was a collective. Wait, what was up with Jar Jar? Like, could anybody name any of the other characters in the movie? Like, what the fuck going on? But uh, Attack of the Clones, I think. Was well, Corey, Corey, uh, you were high school, college when Phantom Menace came out. What did what, what was the what was the see? We were kid. We were we were still like yeah, Star Wars. When did you have an immediate uh, dislike of Phantom Menace, or did it did it take a while to sink in? My late twenties. Uh, so we had gone I, with my ex and uh, and her son. We went and saw the re-releases in the theater, and I remember being kind of frustrated with the re-releases because of the added stuff and it just didn't seem to make sense. Here's um, of the hut repeating all the stuff that was just said in the last scene with Han and Greedo. I didn't need any of that. Um, I think it's still there. We're, we, we're, you're choppy, but we're making out what you're saying. Yeah, all I right. You- um, but we broke up right about the time that uh, The Matrix and Phantom Menace came out. Yeah, they were in the theater at like, the same time. Yeah, and so I remember going to see The Matrix by myself. I didn't wind up seeing The Phantom Menace until wow. it came out on VHS. And I watched it over at a friend's house when I was uh, dog-sitting for them when they were out of town. And the problem I had with it is I just couldn't remember anything from it. And it's kind of like the the Transformers movie when that came out. And I've seen it. I know it's been on a couple of times. I've been in the room with it on. I cannot tell you one single thing that happens in it. The Phantom Menace, I think it's it's so well known in the zeitgeist now that I I I know kind of what happens, but I still can't put a collective storyline through it and just say, oh yeah, the Phantom Menace is about this. I remember a lot of boring shit with Senna stuff. I remember a a pod race thing. Um which I but still I, to I, this day don't know why there had to be a pod race. So. Right. Show, exactly. Because there's a line in New Hope where Obi Wan says he's a great pilot. They had to show how this five-year-old boy was a great pilot. That's a pilot? It's like a car race. Well, it is in uh, a yeah. different galaxy, so. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's technically There's like no wheels. like a few feet There's off no, the ground. He's flying, baby. Uh, I, 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 we, I probably, I'm probably speaking for Nick, too. Uh, I've seen the prequels, all three of them. As much as I don't like them, I've probably seen them each 10, 15, 20 times. Um, the only two Star Wars movies I never saw in the theater were Empire and Return Special Edition. I saw New Hope, and for whatever reason, didn't see the other two uh, when they were re-released. I saw the last three on opening night very, very hypothetically. (laughs) That's a good way to go. The only reason I think I liked them, because the pretty colors. Um, I dated this girl briefly a few months ago. 
um, and she told me she had never seen a Marvel movie or an MCU movie. Uh, and the first one she went to, uh, and she's kind of a, she's into some mainstream movies, but she's more of a art kind of, she's more art house, but she, she's into mainstream movies, but just not comic book movies, not stuff like that. Anyway, the first Marvel movie she went to go see was Endgame, and she was incredibly high on edibles. And no, that was, God, that's yeah. not a good and she, and, no, and she No, and she was like, it was amazing. Because really? like it was because it's just when you're that high, she didn't have to follow the story because mm-hmm. you really do need to have seen every one of the movies for Endgame to make sense. Yep. But she was just like it was just loud and colors and just you know there's no five seconds to go by with like a, without a ten million dollar special effects shot. So she had the time of her life. Have um, I and I can't imagine Corey you have, but Jack or Nick have either of you played Hellblade? That Senua's, uh Okay, so someone talked me into playing it, and that game is fucking pure insanity. So they they consulted people who have had schizophrenic like or uh, um, schizophrenic breaks and like mental health professionals for like what it's like for someone to hear voices and shit. So you're supposed to play it with headphones on, and uh, like good good stereo headphones and the voices that like are on yeah. all directions while you're walking around and playing this game and all the shit that shows up. It's fucking insane and um i was playing it last night what's it available on just pc uh xbox um game pa- it's a game pass game on xbox i don't have game pass man okay um but it is on xbox and then there's a- another one coming out um it's yeah it's more of like a psychological somewhat action puzzle game it's really good sounds amazing but it's just fucking yeah it's crazy I highly recommend it. Um, Something like that on Nintendo, either on the, on the, I can't remember if it was on the Wii or if it was on the system before that, but it was basically like it, it would start messing with you psychologically as the characters that you're playing are starting to get messed up. It would do things like it would make the game skip or freeze. It would have spiders walk across the screen sometimes to just ooh. freak out the player. I bought uh, it. I can't. I pl- I played it for about five minutes, and you know, I just I didn't have the attention span. But it, uh, what was uh, it was called? Like Twisted System, something like that. It wasn't Twisted System, but it was something like that. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It would make you think you had to reset the, the 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 console, and it was breaking the fourth wall, which was awesome. Right. Yeah, and that kind of thing seems like it would be cool. So if, if this game is anything like that, I'd be interested in it. It's really cool to like look at. Um, I'm only like an hour and a half into it, but I, um, maybe that's yeah. the kind of situation where you watch someone play it on Twitch. Every once in a while, there's a game that I I have no interest in playing, but I really want to see it play. Yes, yes, and and that's to me where Twitch shines. The rest of the yeah. time, I don't necessarily care. Yeah, watched, no, the playthroughs are great. Yeah, I watched a little bit of Twitch when um I started to finally play Breath of the Wild because that game is just so vast and it it doesn't give you any kind of instructions really as to what to do and everything i'm like i know i'm missing shit maybe i should go watch somebody else doing it but most of the people who are playing it were like 50 levels in and i'm like someone needs to go back and give me the <laughs> basics please that could have been you you could have been the simple simon of uh the breath of the wild accounts yeah but i'm not that interesting to watch play a game you know um, you want you think I, your sporty friend curses when playing a game i finally started playing the tony hawk that came out for the ps4 a couple years ago hey they're and, uh, um re-releasing yeah, one and two remastered i'm really excited about that uh but man i i curse to the point where the walls bleed 
Yeah, I don't have the patience for game, uh, games. That's why I don't get super into them. Um, uh, all right. So the reason I got distracted about 10 minutes ago is I wanted to dig this up. Do you remember? If, I can't remember how it came up, but do you remember when I mentioned I, I had a Weird Al period in high school and I wrote a bunch of parody songs like Weird Al? Yeah. 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 You were supposed, um, I think you read lyrics on Wii. I thought it was on your show that I read some lyrics. I don't remember. Uh, they I mean, all I, bleed together. There was there was a Wii where where it came up to, uh, but I thought I thought I went through like the entire catalog on your show once, but I don't I don't remember. But anyway, uh, so I may have done this before, but I did actually. This might have been the very first one I wrote, my first Weird Al parody. It was a parody of um, "One Step Closer" by Linkin Park. You remember that? One step closer. I, can you dig it up? Can you give me give me the beat for a second? Um, but anyway, I did one about how I'm a huge klutz, and it's called One Shoe Missing. Uh, and it was my first uh, attempt at a Weird Al song. I don't anything. All right. All right. I'll just say I'll, I'll just I'll just let me see. If I I'll wing this. it. I'll wing it. Oh fuck. <laughs> Where the fuck did it go? I don't. You'll you have to let it? me know if you can hear this. Oh, it helps if I unmute. Yes. You only have like 30 seconds before we get taken down, so. Yeah, I just, yeah, skip, skip a little bit ahead. Skip like 20 seconds ahead. Sing everything I... Oop. That's all okay. you get. That's it. I'll take it. All right. All right. So this is, this is the first uh, stanza here. <laughs> I cannot take this anymore. I'm sick and tired of falling on the floor. All these girls, they laugh at me, but not because I am funny. More I trip, the more I fall. The more you'll avoid me in the hall. Because I'm a klutz. Can't open a bag of chips. I'm a spaz with one shoe missing, and I'm about to trip. Watch out while I pour the drinks. I'm a spaz with one shoe missing, and I'm about to trip, trip, trip trip and it goes on it goes on nick's ability to keep a straight face and like the same <laughs> expression is probably my favorite thing about what's happening in that room what he's you don't know up, he's used to this is that nick has been asleep and jack's been whispering those lyrics to him every night for the past two and a half years this before i've been conditioning him <laughs> how do your so you can't tell me that your neighbors aren't like what the fuck is going on over there Oh, Nick! Nick's been hanging out uh, the last couple of nights, and he can attest that uh, he's in the back of of the apartment. I'm in the front. Uh, I, no matter how loud I am, I'm it's not louder. I'm, I, I'm not louder than my neighbors. I also assume that the back part of your apartment is just like you go out your door. There's a bathroom, and then here in the back part of the apartment. We actually have a decent space uh, outside of my bedroom. Uh, Nick's actually has the has the second floor. He's upstairs. Oh, nice. Okay, so it is like a yeah. real apartment. Yeah, outside mine is the bathroom, and then the kitchen, and then our third roommate's bedroom. Do, do you ever, no living room. Nick, do you ever call him like what, Harry Potter behind his back, just like make him live under the stairs? I am literally, literally the camera is under the stairs right now. He's Harry, well, that's that too. He has he doesn't know Harry Potter. Oh uh, no, I, I've I never saw a Harry Potter movie, so I don't I don't know. Harry Potter lived under the stairs. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, his, his uh, uncle made him live under the stairs. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but I know enough to get by. I know enough What's to make a pussy my wet. Mom you know? is, my mom is obsessed with Harry Potter. Ooh. She converted my old bedroom into a Harry Potter room. Under the stairs? No, like, oh. like she just she just like 
She took out all my stuff. I mean, as you as you do. But I didn't yeah. expect it would be repurposed. Like she put like an Alan Rickman uh, mannequin like in there. And uh, it's was really she, creepy. Was she excited that you were in communication with Alan Rickman? I mean, if if she she instigated it, she, she oh. sent him my movies. Or Nick something. Nick uh, Alan Alan was such a big fan of Nick's film that he was like, "Hey, write something. I'll be in it." Yeah, and then he died. Then he died. <laughs> what a fucking prick! Like he couldn't stay alive long enough to be in your movie. To be fair, he sent me the letter like 10 years before he died, and I just didn't do anything. Yeah, it. also, if you he didn't what? die, Voldemort would have found out well, that he was you, actually you working. Can't, you can't rush perfection. This is, and I don't want to sound like I'm name-dropping or anything, but the man hand-wrote me a, a letter in, like, I, I guess it was 2000. Do you want to get the letter? I bet it's framed. No, I, I mean, I don't, it's, it's somewhere in my room, I don't, I don't know. Does, does but, it go along to the beat of any Linkin Park songs? That's a good point. I, I doubt it. It was, it was, it, but I, I was just like, whoa, he wrote me an actual letter and it was like had international stamps all over it. And I was like, whoa, this, wow. is, this is legit. Regardless of how much shit Jack or I, and maybe if Corey says something, give you, like, that's totally something to be fucking proud of. It, it like, is, but uh, you I, know, know, I don't know if he's Alan Rickman because I didn't know who the fuck it was. So, I don't know. He's, uh, I, it Die was hard. very unexpected. It was probably the one of the nicest things any person ever did. I mean, but I got, how, I got family members that aren't that nice. Yeah, yeah. How did your mom instigate this? Well, she's she's creepily obsessed with the guy. I I have because I, of I Harry only, Potter. I think so. Uh, but it, uh, once she got into the Harry Potter books, I don't know early two thousands. I think with everyone else, I I never read one. I never saw the movie. I, I don't yeah. know anything about it. Um, and then I knew, I knew she had, I guess she just like had a crush on Alan Rickman and would go to see whenever he was in a play in America, which was like, not all the time, but you know, every other year he'd have a Broadway play and she would, she knew I lived in New York and she would come and visit, uh, but basically just cause she wanted to go see an Alan Rickman play and she would, she wants uh, slipped. She, she met him backstage after the performance and handed him like a DVD of my student film. And which is great, by the way, is this Herman Bolster? She sent him. Yeah. And Herman, he, he yes. it was his, uh, it was his senior thesis. Like the, so in, in, uh, at NYU where we went, you got like a junior year film. That's like a sort of thesis. It's, it's, it's shorter. Uh, and then your senior is a, is a pretty much like a full short film. I wanted to mention uh, that before. I just didn't get a chance to bring it up. But you know, no, yeah, it, it's, it's is it on YouTube? No, I just got it on DVD. Put it on YouTube. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's kind of got a Wes Anderson vibe. Uh, Nick does a, a spot on Alec Baldwin and Royal Tenenbaums type voiceover narration. But that's one of the things that I'm most embarrassed about. I, I, I kind of just want to get a real narrator and just. No, it's perfect. Yeah. Do your do, do narrate a line. Uh, do a line. It's just Matt and Corey. Nobody's watching. Yeah, there's literally it's no that, one watching. It's them. That what? I, can't, I got nothing to read. Say, uh, Herman Bolster uh, wasn't born a man. Wasn't born a man. But uh, I was just I was just trying to do the. It was right, anyway. It looked. Alec he did a he, with the titles, the fonts he chose. The, the the he's Nick's a very good uh, storyboard artist and good with the cinematography. Uh, so like the shots uh, and the direction very much. It, it felt like watching a um, Royal Tenenbaums. It was great. And it was, and he filmed it 
uh, at my house, uh, which was really cool uh, for 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 a while. Then very old. nice of Jack to have offered his house without telling anybody. They were the rest of my That's family very upset. Out. Jack, can yeah, you host okay. the show real quick? I got to get another beer, and I want you to drink alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, it's all you, buddy. Yeah, I'm glad you could tell it wasn't a Red Bull. Um, anyway, you should put that on YouTube. It's it's very very funny. Uh, do you want to tell them about the project you're working on now, or are we keeping that hush hush until you finish it? You can tell I, them about it. Yeah, uh, no, talk about Wax Moth. It's, I mean, I I've been, it's I a wrote, feature. I wrote it like three years ago. Did another draft of the year after that, and it's. Uh, I'm I'm a terrible I'm a terrible pitchman for my. It it reminds me very much of of uh it's about it's about a uh yeah, two, you, you describe it's it, about you. two brothers one's deaf one's a quadriplegic quadriplegic, and it, the deaf character is the protagonist and basically he's learned uh to do everything but here he uses sensors and like Morse code and uh, he has cameras set up all around. And he gradually, uh, so he basically gets around without hearing. He meet the one of the most interesting. The B plot is uh, he meets a woman, uh, and she doesn't realize he's deaf right off the bat. So then he keeps up that pretense. So like the entire time he doesn't, he's just like faking not faking being able to hear. Uh, but also he beca- he he works for uh, some shady underground criminal people, and he becomes more paranoid. And it's it's a very just creepy psychological kind of I don't know about thriller, but. Uh, uh, it reminded me very much of that Greek director that you really like, the writer uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos, who did uh, the Lobster and um, Rock, Rock Lobster, or was this a different Lobster? To, to just the Lobster. It's a very good film, Colin. It almost could work on Podcast of Terror. It's not quite horror. It's kind of body horror, I guess. It's not gory. He's done horror. Uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer is a horror movie. The Killing of a Sacred Deer is horror. Oh yeah. Oh, we oh, should do Killing great, the Sacred Deer with, with Nick. It's one of his favorite movies. Is it better than the movie you made me watch for this? What did we watch? Oh, the Wicker, the Wicker Man. I thought you were a big Wicker Man fan. Never seen it. Never want to watch it again. Actually, couldn't even finish it. It was so bad. How? Wow. How did it come? Didn't it, did it not come up on this podcast at some point? I'm sure if it came up before that we were talking about the Nicolas Cage one. Yeah, that is oh. possible. I was under the impression you loved the Wicker Man. Never seen it. Oh well, I figured it's considered one of the all-time, which blows my fucking mind. So classic horror movies of all time, and this is the premier horror movie podcast on the internet. So I figured, so, so, sorry for the recommendation, everybody. Sorry, I should have I should have recommended Legally Blonde two back in the habit. Uh, that's uh, Sister Act two back in the habit. Legally Blonde what two, happened? I think, was Stars, Stripes, and Blonde. There you go. I actually don't know. Now I got to look it up. Red, white, and blonde. Red, white, wasn't, blonde. Oh fuck! I was pretty close. Was an all-American girl. We've so established that, I know that, that was American Psycho too. I would have all-American jizzed on her tits too. <laughs> Jesus, too far. Okay. Who? Christina I, Applegate. Christina Applegate. Uh, married with children. Dead to me. Very yeah, good. So, dead to me. Um, she turned down. She turned down that role in Legally Blonde. Good for her. Uh, she's in the movie The Lodge, which someone just told me to watch. Um, I'm working on it. Killing of a Sacred Deer is currently on Netflix for anyone who wants yeah, to. Why have I, yeah, I sh- feel like I've heard that it was very overlooked. Uh, for for all, all the movies that Yorgos Lanthimos has had come out in America, for some reason this one, I never saw a commercial or an ad for it. I only saw it because somebody recommended it. I remember it. when it was out, it had a lot of rave reviews, but only in like the, 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 the film, filmy 
our artsy community. Uh, uh, the favorite, though, he did the favorite, and that was his mainstream hit. That won a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. Favorite. I, favorite I looked well. up this movie from Jurgen Schmergen you're talking about, and the the picture is just a guy crushing spaghetti. Oh, it's, that kid is amazing. Really? Uh, uh, his I mean, name is like his name is Barry. I don't know how to say his last Barry name. Spaghetti. Barry Spaghetti. Barry uh, Kagan. It's Kagan. He's Irish. Uh, he doesn't play an Irish person in in the in the movie. He clearly plays an Italian. He play he play he does a spot on American accent, and uh, he's he's just kind of got this creepy relationship with Colin Farrell, who's a doctor that operated on his father. Uh, Don't say anymore. I want to go. In, I want to go in as cold as possible because uh, also the thing about Yorgos is every one of his movies is completely different. The guy is not like a uh, uh, Wes Anderson or Tarantino. Yeah, no, I'm um, curious. I'm curious to watch it. Although Jack said that Wicker Man was good, and here we are. Well, I didn't see Wicker Man. Um, I watched it last night for the first time with Nick, you and never I seen it before. No, I just knew it was an iconic movie. It's Dan Mulhall's one of Dan Mulhall's favorite movies. Uh, Nick was raving about it, so I thought it would be a, a good movie, and I quite enjoyed it. It's it's not something I'd watch over and over, but I uh, and it's obviously dated. But uh, I thought it was interesting. So Nick, and it was have, have the, and it was a, one of the first of these kinds of movies. Yeah, have you I seen th- the Nick Cage one? No, I mean not only the only the highlight clips of only the bear clips and the bees uh, clips. I'm, I'm curious to see to see it now, but um, I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything good about it. I mean, one of the things I like about the 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 '73 one is it doesn't have a lot of the tropes of a horror movie in it. It's, no, it plays very much like a straight detective story. Well, there's uh, a lot of boobs in it. Yeah, it's just so likable. Um, whereas the Nicolas Cage one is riddled with like horror movie tropes, and, jump scares, and, and yeah. stuff. And and that's the that's the downside. So um, this. It actually won't come out till like the middle or end of July. But for Monster Madness this week, we did the movie Peeping Tom, which is the 1960 movie that is a lot. Pe- a lot of people say is the first slasher movie ever. But there's like yeah. you see no blood, you see minimal violence. They they talked about how it was yanked for nudity, but you never see an actual boob. You see like pictures of naked women and like women in like um, la- like very skimpy lingerie. But in the 60s, that was nudity. And this movie was just fucking grotesquely violent. And does that movie also have uh, Britt Eklund in it? I think I think it does actually. Um, Where were you asking? Yeah, did it come out before Psycho? Yes, yeah, so I, I think it was pretty fucking close. But yeah, it's it's right before Psycho. Yeah, because I've never heard of it. Uh, and the three movies I always hear cited as the first slasher film are Halloween, Black Christmas, and Psycho. Psycho you know, came obviously, out on September eighth. Uh, Psycho, Psycho, Psycho's. Oh, it, fuck. So, so Peeping Tom originally came out in the UK. The US was released in nineteen sixty two. I'm trying to find the UK release date. Uh, April seventh. So it was like six months before Psycho came out. So it really is the first. Yeah. But it's like Psycho. I always heard Psycho was considered the first, but Halloween is kind of considered the first because it's the modern slasher. And then Black Christmas is even earlier, and it's not quite fully formed. It's all. It's like that chart with the monkey turning into the the caveman. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see like what passed for a slasher in the '60s as opposed to now. And I think Wicker Man's kind of the same, especially when you look at this the '73 version as opposed to the 2013 version with Nick Cage or 2007, whatever. 
But it's like even the same movie that they're now remaking 40 years later, they feel a need to put all this shit into that doesn't really need to be there for the, the sake of the story. And I'll defend the original till the day I die for that one result, regardless of how I felt about it. I still think like it, it, what it is is what it is. And I just, you know, I personally didn't care for what it was, but I still understand why people liked it. Well, I think it's because horror audiences, the reason we keep making horror movies is because they make their money back. You yeah. make them for relatively cheap and they just clean up at the box office. Uh, but they're cleaning up at the box office with teenagers and young 20-somethings and dates. But think about... And they, they're not going to watch a 73 Wicker Man in the, in the theater. They, no, you know, but, but think about like... Um, you don't really have many horror movies at the beginning of their time. So, so take out the fact that hollow, the new Halloween had Jamie Lee Curtis and all that, but a, a new horror movie generally has a very unknown actor, actress cast period, unless there's some extenuating circumstance for someone who's someone who owed someone a favor for a hand job behind a dumpster to be. In Jamie, a movie. Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't super famous when Halloween came out besides her mom, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018. Like, take, yeah, yeah. So go back okay. to the original. So anytime a new horror movie comes out, the cast is generally unknown. And that's how you get Johnny Depp in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, who's now a fucking super creep. Did you follow him on Instagram by the chance? By chance? No, not by the chance. I do not. No. So apparently his first Instagram post was like an eight-minute video in his basement talking about how like you need to find a hobby if you're a normal person and you have to stay home. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, he's a fucking weird dude. To that point is like Johnny Depp started in horror movies and then became what he is now. So that's always like a good entrance into right. acting. Yeah, no, there's all. Yeah, you're right. Most if you go to a theater, even if you go see a big, big movie, it's usually a bunch of no name, you know, attractive uh, young people. Hot slizz. Oh, I was, I was uh, wrong this... Britt Eklund being in Peeping Tom. She was in a movie called What the Peepers Saw. Oh, uh, the wrong peepers. But uh, that's see, Britt Eklund was probably in this movie. Um, this movie's different because this movie, uh, first of all, it was kind of sounds like it was a passion project by Christopher Lee, who was a big B movie horror star at the time. And Britt Eklund had done a series of uh, kind of uh, shitty B horror movies too. If if not Peeping Tom, she did others. Was she in the the? British Hammer Hammer films. MC the, Hammer. I don't know about I don't know about that, but she was. She, I looked her IMDb, and she had a lot of credits before this. Obviously, the next year, both her and Christopher Lee really broke out with uh, Man with the Golden Gun, the James Bond film. Mm. But uh, and then she was also married to Peter Sellers and did some stuff with him. Yeah, and she was updating uh, Rod Stewart. I read, and Rod right. Stewart actually tried to shut down distribution of wicker man because he didn't want anybody to see her boobies Sorry. which is weird because he's like a rock star he's probably sleeping with everybody and, and their and their mothers backstage Can and he's concerned he's concerned I, he's concerned that people saw his girlfriend's boobies i picture him going to the production company and being like those are my boobies no one else see those boobies those are mine <laughs> yeah he he did the same thing with uh mick jagger's cock now it the thing <laughs> i mean i'd pay to see it I'm not even into dudes, and I would pay to see Mick Jagger's dick. I'll send you a photo. Five de- five dollars. <laughs> um, also, I was going to bring up when you guys were talking about uh, slasher movies and stuff like that. Before Halloween, there was the town that dreaded sundown that we yep. we did the remake of or the weird One sequel the remake thing. Yeah, whatever sequel it was. make. Yeah, but that was that was seventy six, 
I think, and Halloween was 78. But wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis in a, another horror movie before Halloween? True Lies? Wasn't like I was going to say Prom Night or something, or was that after? Oh, Prom Night is is considered one of the Godfathers. I don't know. I don't know that. I'm not. I'm not a big horror guy. As much as I've been on your show, it's not. Well, we I, don't have I, you on here for your uh, uh, horror movie prowess. Yeah, Prom Night came out in 1980. Who? Oh no! So it's actually okay. two years after Halloween. So that's after Halloween. All right. Yep. Well, Wikipedia says what? So it says Halloween was her film debut. Yeah, I mean, she was very famous because to- Tony Curtis was her dad, and her mom was. Um, uh, uh, sorry. Jana Lee, who starred in Psycho, which is kind of, you know, I thought was the first slasher. I guess Peeping Did Tom you, was. Um, well, and that's the thing. I think it's argue, arguable uh, as to which is actually the first. but And also Psycho, I think, is also considered not quite the first because even though it there it, he does kill people one by one, it's not the typical slasher film as no, we know but, it. But, but, but Black Pe- Christmas it kind of is. Peeping Tom is not a United is not a U.S. movie, so you could say that Psycho is the first U.S. slasher movie. Right, right, right. So it doesn't I mean, count unless it's American. Right, but you can you could fucking argue stuff all day. I mean, going back to the whole music, who started new oh, metal? You could argue that. Do you know who I would say the first slasher is? Jack the Ripper. I was gonna say Jesus. Yeah, you know, he got slashed. Pussies. Made a Jack the Ripper movie, didn't he? Like a silent version? Uh, he did The Lodger, which is not the same as The Lodge, and it is a really good silent film. Great twist. He was doing twists oh. before there was fucking, there was twist endings before there was sound. For M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong? I didn't realize Jamie Lee Curtis was in Halloween. Uh, she is? She's oh, the uh, telephone operator voice, yeah, uncredited. All right, good for her. Still, I mean, that's that movie's fucking hot trash. I'm surprised how young uh, she was. I, I just rewatched True Lies. I think I mentioned this last week, and she was like, she was younger than me in True Lies. She's she's like I, 34 in True Lies. I'm uncomfortable admitting the amount of times that I watched that strip tease scene. Yeah, yeah, you dropped your tape recorder a couple times, huh? Oh my god, I dropped my tape recorder all over my carpet. <laughs> she gets naked in a was it Trading Places? Oh yeah. Welcome to the Mr. Skin Podcast. That's, Man, that's that a actually, fucking deep internet cut has, right there. Has that been done? Uh, a, po- a, a podcast of, uh, of I, I, celebrity I go nudes? In, I gotta go incognito for this. <laughs> Mr. Skin Podcast. It would, it, 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 no, look it up. It, that might make us a lot of money if we do the Mr. Skin Podcast. Just uh, describing all the celebrity scenes. Did you just say podcast? <laughs> so. I wish I did. I wish I Oh yeah, there was a Mr. Skin podcast. It it end it can it ended in January seventh uh, January seventh of twenty twenty. They took a break. Ah, but uh, are we still here? Are we still here? Did we freeze? You froze, but I can still hear you. I look like I'm doing the, the end of the Roseanne theme song. Here. <laughs> uh, it's a great freeze frame, and Jack just mid laugh. <laughs> ha! So it's like the end of a police squad episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, they oh wow, this is I'm so in. I, I think I'm gonna have to listen to this. <clears throat> One of their episodes is called the top ten nude scenes of 1994. Uh, Let's see, 94, 94. Uh, the one that, 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 uh, what was the Drew Barrymore movie? Uh, Poison Ivy. I mean, I don't know. What? 
Uh, here, okay, so here's their list of the top ten nude scenes of 1994. Pamela Anderson in Raw Justice. Catherine and Bell in Hotline. Mimi Rogers in Killer. Jane March in Color of Night. Kim Basinger in Getaway. Terry Hatcher in The Cool Surface. Dana Delaney in Exit to Eden. Uh, Madchen Amick? All classics. Madchen Amick is uh, from Twin Peaks. Yep, She's beautiful. She was a dream lover. And then Meredith Baxter in My Breast. And Elle McPherson, Kate Fisher, and Portia uh, de Rossi in Sirens. So, so not, that's interesting that none of those were, some of those names are big, but none of the movies were big. No. <laughs> I remember Rod Justice, though, because it had Robert Hayes in it. <laughs> um, what a weird movie Meredith? to have the guy from Airplane. <laughs> and the Starman I mean, what? He hasn't done much. He hasn't done much. Did I hear Mimi Rogers in there? Yep. Yeah, yeah. People are lining up to see her naked. Uh, I, I, you I know, know in '94. <laughs> um, there was one. Oh yeah, Match and Amick. Oh, wow. I was in love with. I was in love with her. She starred in the John Stamos ABC sitcom Jake in Progress, which was a very underrated jump. John Stamos is actually very funny, uh, and it was a really good show. He played a, like a hot. You know, very good-looking young forty-seven-year-old go-getter uh, who finds out he's a grandpa. And Magic Amick, I, I didn't, I hadn't watched Twin Peaks at the time, and uh, I was just, I fell in love with her. Yeah, she I was would, like thirty. She's, I would, yeah. I would thump my nuts to. Magic I mean, oh, you around guys, we should do Twin. Theater. We should do Twin Peaks. Her dancing around the movie theater in that uh, Stephen King movie with the cats that. Uh, the the cat people, but it's not cat people. What was it? Uh, Skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. Yeah. Uh, something something like that. Sleepwalkers. 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 Yep. Uh, she she's just listening to um that dirty dancing song and mashed potato, and she's dancing while she's vacuuming the the theater. Like huge crush on her from that. Plus, it's Shelly in Twin Peaks. And in um, general, yeah. So no, so yeah, we should we should Nick Nick's a, a big Twin Peaks guy too, a big David Lynch guy. Um, I would love to, to do Twin Peaks on the show at some point, but I of the the I when I watched it for the first time a couple few years ago, I honestly couldn't pick which uh, woman I had a bigger crush on, which uh, or even some of the men, but uh, but uh, the three main girls and, and then the older waitress, yeah, they're they're all they're all just like they're just so likable. I even like the lady with the eye patch. <laughs> What's, she was great, the, uh, like so, silent uh, runners. Who, who's jerked yeah. off the log lady? Who jerked <laughs> off the log lady? Right, hands today. up <laughs> for bragging rights. I gotta look uh, it up. I don't even know. But Nadine with the eye patch and Ed, who was her husband on the show, that are you know fighting in strangers and everything. Uh, they were also married in People Under the Stairs. Why does this bitch have a log? Because Stephen King movie. Uh, Twin Peaks is uh, it's it's. If, if 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 you need it's I started it sense. and it didn't like grip me to a point where I felt a need to continue to watch it, so I just kind of like watched other things. So I'm not yeah, opposed no, to no, rewatching it. I just it it doesn't get me. Like, no, just it, you like, can't you can't ask you can't ask why anything. Okay, you're not gonna get an answer. Yeah. I've got this Levi art above me of. Uh, oh, I never noticed that. Dale and Laura. Yeah. I, I from here I always thought it was just a Super Mario Three menu. Uh, what the yeah, fuck? No, I mean, I love that fault. that reference, Jack. But how come? Why doesn't Levi draw me dick pics for my walls? And I know he's in here listening to this, so I'm waiting patiently for an answer. 
you can hit him up. <laughs> was was Mad Machen Emic? Was she in season three of Twin Peaks? She was on. Yeah, she was on the Showtime episode. She's the one who's sitting there at the bar talking to somebody about how James was always cool, and I'm like, James was never cool. <laughs> James was never cool. Trying to rewrite history here. James is not. I actually cool. like. I like season three more than the first two. I mean, the first, it's, the first it's the most high points, yeah. The 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 black and white episode is just I'd, I'd never say I I remember watching it, thinking, I can't believe you know the lights were out. I was watching it in pitch black. I you could do a whole podcast of terror episode on just this episode and like Mac could watch it out of context, but yeah, I remember you, you just watching it. No, that there I is just a remember th- for that episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get, there is a huge context, but I I just remember watching it and being like, I can't believe there's four, five, six million people right now watching this with me. Because it's just like, it was just unlike anything that has ever been broadcast on TV ever before or since. We we texted each other right after that aired. We were like, that was the best episode of any TV show. It was, incre- it was incredible. I can't even describe it to you, Matt. With that, and don't look it up. You, you oh really no, I'm not. Cold, I'm, but... I, I'm on some internet dark hole where there's a Breaking Bad complete collection that they've just released for some reason. Yeah, you're so on Mister Skin. We know. Within arm, arms reach, sure. I've got the uh, the Diane, the Twin Peaks tapes of Agent Dale Cooper on cassette, of course. Nice. I have one of my copies of the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer. Oh yeah, the hardcover's over there on the shelf. And then I've got the uh, autobiography, FBI, Special Agent Dale Cooper, my life, my tapes. Wow, I, 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 knew, I, knew you, I knew you were a Twin Peaks guy. I really didn't know you were that much of a Twin Peaks guy. I was big on Twin Peaks when it was on ABC. And the thing that I liked about Twin Peaks is not what Twin Peaks is now. It, I liked the, the weird kind of like catchy character stuff and what... Lynch does with Twin Peaks when it's more his baby to control is just so weird. Like I, I felt like he was trolling the the audience a little bit with the new season, which is not to say I didn't like the new season, but right. I really loved it in the last episode when we got Dale back. And and so that's what I, I realized is like Yeah, I missed what it. What I love about Twin Peaks wasn't there for most of it, but it was still very entertaining and interesting to watch. It was just it was that yeah, no, they're, they're completely different. I have a feeling Mark Frost didn't have as heavy a hand in season three. But right. uh, we watched a season nine episode of The Simpsons last night that had a great Twin Peaks reference. Uh, it was Homer's a flash. Yeah, Homer was watching it because it was a flashback episode to 1990. And it's just like a horse dancing with the, the guy that plays Lurch. Uh, <laughs> a unicorn. Yeah. Oh, a unicorn. Yeah. And they're under a tra- uh, under a street light under a tree and it's playing the the uh, the Twin Peaks music. And Homer just goes wow i have no idea what's going on and of course the other the better twin peaks reference is in the who shot mr burns yep <laughs> even i get that one yeah uh i'll drive <laughs> um backwards talking yeah. wait so why so so matt clearly didn't like wicker man uh, Corey. No. Corey, what overall impression uh so we did a movie called Porno in the last month or so. <sighs> and that movie had Not a the, lot less debauchery than this movie did. Was por- was Porno the sequel to Train Spotting or is it different? Yeah, different. Yeah, cuz uh, I don't know what I never saw Train Spotting 2, but the book Train Spotting 2 is called Porno. 
It was was the nudity one of the main gripes with the movie that you guys had, or was it? Was yes, it... Matt hates nudity. Yeah, I'm very staunch conservative Catholic. Um, like he, the he's Edward Woodward. <laughs> yeah, he's the equalizer. Oh. I knew. Oh, thank you, Corey. I knew. I knew as soon as I started watching it, and saw Edward Woodward, I was like, Corey is probably the only person I know, uh, besides maybe my mom, that probably appreciates the equal, the original equalizer yeah i loved that show especially when in later seasons when they had his his son on and it was played by the guy from uh karate kid yeah um but well pat Morita obviously played his son. right yeah but uh, <laughs> no um equalizer i have such an just a affection for I honestly remember nothing. I remember the opening titles. I remember the right. old man cop. But honestly, I was two, three when it came out. So it just amazes me. And this is one of the reasons why I love it so much is that I wasn't even like conscious yet. I was so young, but it was on. And for whatever reason, it just stuck. And any like I just I just had like any time I would see references to it, I'd get excited when the Denzel Washington movie came out, which I still haven't seen, but I was just like, I, I was love like, oh those. my God, Equalizer. Yeah. The, 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 the Denzel I, I Washington that. Equalizers, I liked a lot. Yep. I enjoy both of them. I will watch the Queen Latifah Equalizer show when it comes on. Oh, I didn't Ooh. know that was a thing. Yeah, yep. That's, that's coming up soon. Uh, they decided not to use her to uh, replace the character in the Bone Collector. It's just fine. Keep the what to her um, Bone Collector was like... I hated the title. The title of the show was so. Uh, was the Bone Collector? Yeah, why do that I was, know that? Yeah. Um, I well, drink a lot, you were, though, so. You had the show on your Plex for a little while, but it was a movie with Denzel oh. Washington, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I fucking uh, hated that show. My wife watched it and loved it, and I was like, this is fucking stupid. He's just a paraplegic that sits in bed and solves crimes. Uh, we got through like five minutes of the opening of him getting. It, his his spine cut and everything the guy doing it and and we were just like this is awful this yeah. is really terrible yeah. the movie though is is good it's a solid movie you know early angelina jolie stuff uh denzel is being fantastic it it is a you know follow and figure out who the killer is kind of thing it's it's great the the show was was just terrible but what do i care i don't watch tv I watch a lot of HGTV. <laughs> it doesn't count. HGTV is still TV. Nick still has the same look on his face. Make some... Do, do something with your... Thank you. You smile. Can you just crap in your hand and fling it at the camera? Yeah, do that. Just, can you just, just Corey's, bear Corey's ass? so far away from the camera, it's hard to see what he's doing with his face. Uh, I'll just I'll hide behind the microphone. Can you just bear yeah. ass fart on Jack's pillow? Bear ass? Yeah, I want him uh, to get pink eye. I would. I, I legitimately don't have any any fart ammunition uh, at the at the moment. But he farts enough on his own mattress. I know. Uh, I'll be playing video games with him, and I just hear. I'm like, God damn it, Jag! He goes, Ah, oh, my fuck, my fart smells so bad. Never fails to. He never fails to not do it uh, and laugh at it immediately after. Um, you know what? Yeah. I I think farts are hilarious and great. So I'm on board with his uh approach to life yeah i I just don't want to smell it 
Oh no, yeah, yeah. There's there's something special about your own brand, but like even my um better half, God bless her heart. They're funny, but I don't want to smell it. It'd be weird if somebody wanted to smell your fart. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Brazilian fart porn? Of course. <laughs> I can't tell no. if you're serious. Yeah, no, it's it's a real thing. So no, someone I've never heard of Okay. I've never heard of it. Yeah. So, uh, so if you um are so so do it do it when you're not in the mood to like actually rub one out. You need to do it when you're just like, oh, I need something funny. Just go on. Is it guys getting off? What the on, fuck did on, I just walk in on? Yeah, farting? yeah. So if you go on Pornhub, there is Brazilian fart porn, and it is literally just girls farting in people's faces. Also, oh, look up cake farts. Farting. Yeah, That's look not. up cake farts. Uh, that's I was going to say cake farts I've heard of. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, that's great. Cake? They fart, if they fart into a cake. Why? It's the internet. Because buttercream. <laughs> now, more of a fart in the pie <laughs> custard kind of thing. She's got a great body, buttercream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, by the way, thank God. I just bought Drano, just bought Drano and and uh, cleaned out my bathroom sink because apparently I had it running the entire length of this episode. Like I just had it running. And if I didn't have, if I had just Drano, it, there'd be a flood right now. I've never left it on. I don't know what happened. I guess I was in a rush to, to uh, I like I like how Nick just has nothing to say. That's your apartment too. And he almost flooded it. <laughs> it's actually more Nick's apartment than mine. That's kind of what I figured because I, mean, I remember when you moved in. Right, right, right. W- worst things that could happen. Oh, uh, yeah, it could have been gasoline. Yeah, it could have been the people above <laughs> you. <sighs> Never tell the you the guy, time. The guy that lived here before Jack left the fucking stove on and nearly burnt the oh, place geez. down. I could I could take a flood. That's nothing. Oh, my wife used Wait, to. Wait, hold on. Are you, are you recording this for Pornhub? Yeah, we can. Yeah, just <laughs> go for it, man. I just did. Um, well, I didn't hear so, it. So, so uh, you, you, well, you, you've got a hard out in less than an hour. So I want to uh, talk a little bit more. Well, Wickerman, fifty nine minutes, but yeah. Which I guess we, we, we uh, is that more? Is that more, than, is, that, is that more than an hour? How many minutes are fifty nine? Jack, Matt's got a meeting at nine a.m. that he has to make. I, um, what do I didn't know week? it was a music. I didn't know it was a good. I didn't expect it to be a musical. A lot of singing, a yeah, lot that of got a, that got real annoying to me, and I think that's part of the reason I didn't like it. Just the I opening, wasn't expect. Like it, it starts out with music of them in the church, and then it's like playing some music, and then it switches to this guy singing about Annie, and every cut when it's like he's not talking to people in the town, it starts playing that fucking Annie song again, like over Annie, and over. Are you okay? Are you yeah. okay, Annie? Yeah. It was. It's just I. That was driving me crazy. But when they would just randomly have people playing music and singing, I didn't hate that as much because contextually, it's like everybody in this town sings and and has a great time about banging the 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 guy's daughter. Like, hey, <laughs> you person who run the inn and everything, let's sing this lovely song about banging your kid. And he's just <laughs> laughing behind the fucking register, like, "Yeah, let's all sing it." What what a fun time this is! While somebody's actively trying to bang his kid in front of him through their clothes and shit, and then she that goes was, upstairs was, and like, yeah. like a fifteen year old or something later on. Now I know how my ex so girlfriend's dad's felt. <laughs> oh God, I uh, 
I, I went into this movie pretty cold. I, you know, I knew the general gist of it. I knew where it was going, where it was heading, but I went in pretty cold. I didn't even realize it was like a Scottish movie or taking place in the Highlands. Uh, and that was the scene when they started singing about all having sex with the daughter. That was when I was like, oh, this is weird. This isn't just a normal movie. This is a weird movie. I like the musical aspect um, because it was all like old folk songs from like the 1600s and, and newer songs meant to sound like that. It, it, it gave a tapestry to film like a uh, like a, you know, it gave like a, a through line for the film. Wasn't you know I'm not a big musical guy, but it, the, I almost prefer that than as a if it was like a Mary Poppins kind of musical. But I mean, when me and Nick watched it last night, I was like, oh, they should do more. This like this Wicker Man could be a Broadway play. Like they should do more stage horrors, like musicals. Yeah, like that scene um, where they're all banging in the the fucking yard. Like he's just walking yes. out, and there's all these people having sex. So yeah, it, it'll be like Best Little Whorehouse in Texas is a stage play, and they'll just yeah, yeah. No, I really do think it would adapt itself well. Um, so the musical thing I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention um, uh, that uh, Britt uh, Eklund had used a stunt, stunt butt, stunt vagina, or stunt stunt about bottom that. half. Only yeah, the bottom she's, half. She's, yeah, she she was, says she was pregnant and she didn't want to show her her bottom half, and she's very upset with the. She didn't know that there was a body double used, and she's very upset because she says her butt looks bigger, uh, better rather. Uh, I I don't know. There's the, the IMDb trivia is filled with. You can tell all this stuff is gleaned from countless conventions that this movie has been a part of. But uh, Nick Nick has a, uh, more to say about it, and he came up with when we were watching it. He brought up a lot of good points. The, so I'll let him guide the conversation. But the one other thing we need to mention, especially you, Corey, is I was not expecting this movie to be so much of an inspiration for Midsummer. No, I haven't seen Midsummer, but I, oh, I got I that. Mid- oh, oh, her- oh it, I figured if you hated Hereditary, you you definitely have, would have <clears throat> had an opinion on Midsummer. I have not seen Midsummer. Aaron watches it all the time. She loves it. She also hated Hereditary, but she watches Midsummer probably once ah, a week. I'm uh, sh- I'm shocked you haven't a, watched it. I did order a, a Hereditary T-shirt yesterday, uh, but no, I haven't <laughs> seen Midsummer. This movie also, in a lot of ways, strangely, maybe because of the time, but also the the quaintness of the town, reminded me of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't yes, know why. Yeah, but yeah, no, it, it was it, the it was the candy shop that that planted the seed but uh the, the candy shop the exact the same opinion. songs the the weird guy yeah. in town who's and they pick out a child or you know later on not the child that they're going to sacrifice the whole theme kind of felt a little bit like a, i'm in this bizarre situation and everything around here they all seem to think it's all normal and it's not normal to me and in the end it's like a big trick on me about morals and fortitude and and shit like that and yeah, it was it was a little Willy Wonka to me. My God, you're right. It really is very Willy Wonka. The Willy Wonka almost should have ended with him having to sacrifice one of the children to the candy gods. Well, I'm, I think the Johnny Depp one did. Oh. <laughs> I started watching it. I watched the first 15 minutes. I've never seen it. And I, I, I was like, I can't do this. This is no, terrible. throw it the fuck away. I got into bed one night. And my wife had it on and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we need to turn this off. <laughs> I figured it would be watchable. It's Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. I, I I just couldn't get through it. Yeah, I agree. 
I, th- um, I think so. Yeah, Burton and Johnny Depp. It makes it even less watchable because they'd already done this formula of their stuff so much that, like, you get through that, you get the Alice in Wonderland shit, and it's just it it makes yeah, it less stuff. and less palatable as it goes along. You get more offended by why do you keep doing this? Right. Yeah, and no, it's it, it's a shame because uh, I'm such a huge Tim Burton fan, and he hasn't made single movie that i've been excited about in a very long time even big fish i was like eh. um but wait matt have you seen midsummer yep do you have opinions on it i, I well i i watched it hypothetically um <laughs> and i i want to rewatch it it's just it's a time commitment um right but i i want i talked to a previous guest and friend of the show matt vincent and he said that is the best representation of doing mushrooms he's ever seen in cinema Okay, and, and I, I, I really, I really like that because I, I, I kind of wanted to see it a little messed up because I knew it was messed up, but I liked it and I so, thought Hereditary was garbage. So did you, when you started watching Wicker Man last night, did you start going, "Hey, this seems very familiar"? Um, kind of, because it's so Corey. Corey, it is. It, I, I knew that Midsummer took some inspirations from Wicker Game, but I assumed it was because. Wicker Man. Wicker Game is such a uh, Wicker Man. Jesus. No, Wicker Game. Wicker Game by Chris Isaac. <laughs> no, Wicker Game. It it's when the you're you're lusting after this beautiful woman the entire time, and then all of a sudden she's got a uh, rattan penis at the end. <laughs> Naked Gun Thirty Three. Also, and Nicole Smith. Also, no. Also, the director of this did make a unofficial sequel that might be called Wicker Game. Really? Um, you have to look that up. Yeah. Some. Yeah. It's got the. It's got Wicker in the title. But anyway, Wicker Man. I figured is a pinnacle of horror. So a lot of horror films take inspiration. And when I read Midsummer, took inspiration. I was like, okay, whatever. Watching it with Nick last night. I was like, Oh my, it, it's, it, it is just a, it's just a ripoff. It's just the exact same movie. It's just like an artsy modern remake of it. In, in as much as hereditary was almost the same thing with Rosemary's baby. I mean, they're, they're like very heavily influenced, if not like almost like a remake. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, for anybody that hasn't seen Midsummer, the 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 long and short of it is that they just uh, Americans or no, quote unquote normal people, Western civilization, go to see a small community that is like got its own pagan religion and their own practices, uh, and you slowly start to see that this sort of uh, First off, they're very sexually liberal, and 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 they they have you know they're they're kind of quirky and have weird rituals. Ultimately, you discover they also do human sacrifice and, and a bunch of other weird shit. Uh, but also, the pagan religion is very similar. It's all based in plants. There's yeah. you have the maypole. I don't know what I don't know what Midsummer was actually drawing on historically, or if there's Something anything Scandinavian. If, yeah, I, I don't well, know if that's I, a real thing. Yeah, I believe that. I know. I know that. In, um, I believe somewhere in Norway, there's the I think it's Midsommar is the real name, but it's the festival yeah. of one. There's it's light twenty four hours a day, so I I think it drew from some. No, I I, I went to one. Yeah. I went to a midsummer festival about a month before I saw Midsummer, and uh, and then you saw Midsummer I, I and were like, "Holy fuck!" I dodged yeah, a bullet. Exactly. If it was the <laughs> other way, and I was super, I was super stoned. I was incredibly stoned. It's the only way to do. Uh, it. And if it was, and if it was the no no at the festival. That's so what I'm saying. The other it's way, the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So if it was the other way around, I would have been. If I had seen the movie first, yeah. I'd be freaking out because I'd be like, "I'm about to be murdered." Like what, I, I did you, look up my Instagram from a year ago. You'll see like there was a cross, and there were like people doing a maypole around the cross, and like it's it's before even before I saw the movie, I was like, "This is fucking weird," and I don't like this. But the only you, reason I wasn't totally freaking out was I was in the middle of Wall Street, so I was like, "All right, I should." Okay, be. so you went in in the United States, is what I'm saying. So I think you were. It was it was it was a it was a public New York City park that was having a uh, having the the Midsummer Festival for the Norwegian community. What, uh, what it was your, free hot dogs? What were your thoughts on the tiramisu Oreos? Eh. I, I'm going through your Instagram. Eh. Yeah, I, I felt the same. I ate the shit yeah. out of them. I, just, I was like, yeah. I just had Sour Patch Kids Chips Ahoy, and they were fucking disgusting. <sighs> they looked disgusting. disgusting. That's not a good place. They were so, disgusting. As as an old person who has no interest in being around other people. Does Burning Man take anything from this? Because I, I always, every yes. time I've heard the term Burning Man, I felt like it had something to do with this. And so the, uh, the movie, the movie actually did a lot to repopularize like old pagan traditions and stuff. So, and and I and I, after reading a, a little bit in preparation for this, I found out that the the inspiration for the movie and with uh, and the and the book and and everything was based on a line from Julius Caesar, like who actually like when he invaded Gaul said that the local tribes would do human sacrifice and a giant wicker statue of a human being and put people inside and burn them alive. Uh, and that was, that was the basis. And he, and that's, that's the only, that's the only historical reference to an actual wicker man. Uh, but it's, it's kind of cool that that's where it comes from. Also, it was good that it was uh, sponsored by pure one imports. I, tr- I tried sharing my uh, screen of Jack's uh, midsummer picture, and it just fucking pissed off Discord. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, I noticed that. Yeah. Another movie that took inspiration from this to the point where I, I believe it actually had the guy from The Equalizer in it was uh, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Yes. Yes. Oh. The the yeah, little and and uh, and and we were me and Jack talked about it yesterday that this is this is like one of a group of movies uh like about cults that like like rosemary's baby could be one yeah, this is absolutely. one uh the omen exorcist and, like, the exorcist or, or yeah just like anything dealing with like pagan forces or anything like that the exorcist kind of there's a little bit of a hint of that and even ghostbusters has like elements of it because the it references like an old pagan cult that wanted to bring about the end of the world and that's because Ackroyd yeah. actually yeah, studied all that stuff and and knew about it from growing up and utilized it in the film. Yeah, Dan, Dan Ackroyd's dad was like a legit paranormal, like he was a Ghostbuster. Yeah, he actually was a Dan Ackroyd's father was an actual Ghostbuster who w- wanted to study ghosts seriously and would would take a scientific approach to it. It just wasn't nearly as funny, probably, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was. I don't know. I wonder if Dan Aykroyd never became famous, a famous comedian, if he would just be running an occult bookshop like Ray in Ghostbusters 2. In the movie well, yeah, Dragnet. I mean, I would... uh, oh, yeah, Dragnet. Oh, yeah. Dragnet, which Dan Aykroyd also wrote, has pagan cults in it. They're actually called Pagan is the name of the cult in Dragnet. Yeah, this stuff has to do with weird cult-like or, or just off people like, uh, not so much Dr. Detroit. Oh, it's weird. But um, Neighbors... With John Belushi, it feels like John Belushi is in a situation where Dan Aykroyd, as his neighbor, is completely bizarre and drawing him out. Um, Did Aykroyd co-write that? I don't know. It it 
felt very much like his style of comedy. And what was the the one with um, Chevy Chase and Demi Moore, where they wind up in the little town and the town's all run by the weird mayor and running, uh, running uh, uh, the town that was run by trouble. really weird nothing people. Nothing but trouble. Oh, yeah. Bobo Bo- and Little Devil. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Ackroyd has a type. Let's say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it's a it's a Wicker Man 1973 is a weird movie. It's very unusual, especially for a horror movie to to be presented like that. There's nothing. There's no slasher. There's nothing. Nobody dies until the it's end. It's got it right. doesn't have horror movie music or jump scares or anything. And it is a, just a bizarre movie that just catches you off guard with how odd it is. And, but that's that to me is I just, I like I like how weird that is and uh and I love Christopher Lee as this kind of weird Alistair Crowley just hedonist who's just kind of exploiting these people with his with the weird religion that he's got going and and, and uh yeah and and the, and then the reveal of the actual Wicker statue when you don't know I didn't know why it was called the Wicker Man until I saw the movie. I was right. like, oh shit, they're gonna fucking burn him in that thing. Oh, and and God. they said uh they said in the IMDB trivia it said that Edward Woodward insisted on not seeing the statue until he was on camera. And like that, oh Jesus, oh Jesus Christ. Like that was all like him kind of actually reacting to oh shit, it's fucking creepy. So his character yeah. shows up in this town as a constable. He just keeps introducing himself as I'm a policeman. Don't you recognize me? I'm a policeman. But this town seems to live autonomously. From everything else, that it it doesn't really recognize him as, as a law officer in general, and he just keeps walking around like he's got some authority, and he keeps usurping his own authority as a policeman by saying, "I'm a Christian," you know. Don't you understand Christianity? So he's really like he's bringing a lot of stuff to this town that is not their deal. In that way, he's yeah. kind of the antagonist. Yeah, yeah I'm, you're I'm right. Not, I'm not sure if you're some if like the 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 main character that uh, his name is like Sergeant Howie or something. Yeah, something like that. So, well, I, hold I, on. Just, just for, I'm sure everybody listening to this and still listening has seen the movie, but just in case, the story is uh, in Scotland in the 70s. A modern uh, detective is written a letter saying, "Hey, there's a missing girl to this in this remote island. Can you please come?" find her investigate so he flies by himself and starts investigating the town looking for this missing girl and he realizes that the, the town is full of is the, the entire town is like this pagan cult oh, it, it, but what i don't know is if is if he's supposed to be aware of that before he goes like had he done any research on that isle summer isle is, is where they're from he seems to, he's, yeah. it seems like all he knows about is they're renowned for their fruits and vegetables uh which are supposed to be really good or apparently there's a director's cut. I don't know what we watched. It was about 30, 93 minutes long. Uh, But apparently there is a director's cut. That's not available widely. That has a lot of films cut scenes, including scenes of him on the mainland and getting the letter. Uh, Christopher Lee was very upset. Apparently they cut a lot of his dialogue out. He gives a monologue on apples. (laughs) Not a joke. Not a joke. Uh, I think it was only remastered. It wasn't the director's cut. Well, fuck me. Supposedly, Christopher Lee wanted to do this movie to break out of like the B horror genre. Like before that, he was doing really campy stuff. Uh, 
So is he Dracula. saying that this is a horror? Well, I would say it's high art. It's it is like a forerunner to the higher art horror movies like um like Hereditary, uh, Hereditary Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, so I appreciate them. I appreciate the director saying like, "Hey, I'm going to make this move this horror movie as if it's not a horror movie, as if it's a, 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 just a movie, you know. Yeah, no, no jump vampires. scares. No. It's not it's not just blood effects and gore and things like that. It's not even Vincent Price camp effects. It it's I, I grew up in there with Rosemary's story. Baby. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Is Rosemary Rosemary's Baby sixties? Is that before this? Yeah, it was like it was like sixty eight, and then this was yeah. seventy three. So it's yep, sixty eight. It's and uh and, and Rosemary's Baby doesn't have like a lot of blood or jump scares or anything like that. So I think it was it was it was horror, but pl- very much playing against type. Like it's you know playing like with a the, slow the burn. mental well being of the main character. They're both basically it's driving like them to paranoia yeah, yeah exactly yeah. disrupting what their their normal is and as they go along more and more they realize that it's part of a bigger plot that's around them and nobody will help them or in rosemary's baby case believe her um because everybody else is in on it and so this yeah. guy keeps walking around the town like he's got some sort of authority there and finds out that nobody in the town gives a shit about his authority and they don't recognize it as such uh it's it they seceded Although going back to what you said, I do think it. See, I, you never know if you're not if you don't know you're in a genre movie, you don't know how you would react to certain genre cues. So if you don't know you're in a horror movie, maybe you're not as suspicious or on guard as you should be. But I was thinking the exact same thing the entire time, Corey. Is like, why isn't this guy immediately getting off this island and getting back up? Like it's right. just this is why would you be alone here? Uh, and then to to double down and be like, no, you're wrong. Jesus Christ is right. Sounds like Matt was fucking preaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what Matt does all the time. All the time. Um, but but yeah, I, it's a question of if he had tried to leave earlier when he was first uncomfortable that first night, if he would have left the next day, if they would have let him or if it would have already been that his plane had been tampered with. So he would be stuck there anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming they sabotaged his. Well, yeah, and the, well, the big twist, the big twist that got me, I didn't see it, see it coming, uh, was that they purposely sought him out because he was a Christian virgin, uh, and they purposely led him. There was no missing girl. The entire case is made up. Like they literally just led. It. I don't know if Matt even got this far, but uh, they basically tricked him into coming so that they could sacrifice him. Uh, I didn't see that coming at all. So knowing that, yeah, no, they would have never let him leave. But you get there by if his I own was will. Him, I still, yeah, yeah, I would still try to leave. I, you know, he doesn't know that. Oddly enough, if he'd had sex with Britt Eklund, they probably would have just let him go. Oh yeah, you're right. He wouldn't have been a virgin. Yeah, he would have had sex with Britt Eklund. You dumb bastard. He's like, no like, Rod Stewart. You mean I get to live and have sex with Britt Eklund? <laughs> I liked when he's getting up in the room and he's pounding on the wall as she's like trying to entice him through her wall with the song and the dancing naked that he can't see. And he's that. dancing around doing like Kevin Bacon and Footloose, just like pounding emotionally on stuff. And like it was that was a great moment of because it's just again, the greatest scene that makes no sense. And it's yeah, you will never forget that scene though. Oh yeah. But she's singing the music that's being played by musicians out in the hallway and somehow calling him for it. It was really weird because it felt like it was a mystical spell that she was trying to cast on him. And he's he's just like trying to block it all. 
emotionally, it was very, it was weird to see it all visualized in the way that it was, but it did paint the picture of like, this guy's like, I really want to go and succumb to her advances, but that goes against everything that I am as a person. And so that proves their point of like, yeah, he is pure. He's exactly what we need for this. And this is the the best sacrifice we could make. We've, we've got the guy and they want him to come of his own accord. They lead him the whole way through, but he makes every choice except for when he tries to leave. They they make his plane not work. But in every other situation, he's like, I've decided to go save this girl. I've decided to try to stop these people. And he shows up there of his own accord at the end. And they're like, yeah, you, you came here on your own. We didn't force you. Now we're going to go burn you in this big wicker thing. Which is almost like also, a- I loved. Yeah, I mean, I also loved. Um, I wish we had gotten more of a reaction from Christopher Lee. I loved when he gets caught. He goes, "Well, if the crops still suck after this, the only way to do even bigger sacrifices is to sacrifice Christopher Lee." And he's like pointing. Him, I was like, "You, if he's like, he knows he's yeah. about to die, and he's just like, just like he's like trying to spite kill Christopher Lee by being like, well, when I die and it still doesn't work, you better kill him next." I was like, "Oh man, it's so ah, uh, I think I." I just I, my, so one of my problems with the movie is with these kinds of movies is a lot of the times it was another movie that reminded this reminded me of is House of the Devil. Have you guys covered House of the Devil? Not yet. It's so it's a it's very well done. It was made about ten years ago and it was made to look like it was made in eighty five, uh, and it's they do such a perfect job in terms of cinematography and the, and the film format and everything. It really does feel like an eighties movie. The, the movie is 90 minutes of her being in a creepy house with some creepy people, Tom Noonan. Uh, and then at the very end, you find out that they're Satanists and that they're going to sacrifice her. It's, you know, and the entire time you're watching the movie, you know, that's the movie. You know what you're in. Just like, I mean, the original audiences probably didn't get it. But like when I was watching Wicker Man, I, I didn't know much about it, but I knew what I was watching. And I was like waiting for the whole climax. And Midsummer too. When I saw Midsummer, I'm waiting for the, the shoe to drop and for you to oh, this creepy cult is actually a creepy murderous cult? What a shock. You know, I, you know that's going to happen. And my problem is because you know that's going to happen, there is zero suspense. There is zero suspense in any of these movies. There could be an individual scene if it's well done. You could, you know, you just lose yourself in suspension and disbelief and you go, oh, shit. Uh, and that's why even jump scares work. But you know, you know that you, there's got to be a bad guy. There's got to be a monster. You're watching a horror movie. You know it's probably not the Christian cop. You know it's probably the, the creepy town that has sex with each other in the lawn. So when you know all of this, my problem with this movie and my problem with House of the Devil and my problem with a few other movies, uh, even Rosemary's Baby, is because you know that once that shoe drops, there's no more suspense. I need, I need them to be like, okay, now I know all this and now I need a chance to escape. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the exact same thing. You know everything is creepy. You know the second they pick up the hitchhiker, it's creepy. You know the second they're in this house, it's creepy. But she actually has a chase scene. You know, she actually has a chance of escaping. You know, right. spoiler alert, she escapes. And, like, I needed that. I, I'm okay if he doesn't make it in the end. I'm okay if it does end with him being burned in the, in the wicker statue. But I need some kind of moment where, I, oh, shit, this is my situation. And there, there still has to be some story. It can't just be like, well, I'm dead. I think they got <laughs> as close to that with him seeing the girl and her being like, these people are crazy. Get me the fuck out of here. And him running off with yeah. her and it, it leading like, 
Okay, and that's when right. the twist is, oh, no, she wasn't. No, I was surprised when she reacted at first of like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be here. They're going to kill me. I was me like, too. oh, yeah, I, I thought she was going to be into it. Sure, because this is their whole brainwashed. Yeah. And then it turns out, oh, she was absolutely into it. And it was her way of I life. the same thing to Nick. Not. Yeah, I was like, Nick, why isn't she like, what the fuck? She, shouldn't she be totally into this? And he he, he kept his mouth shut because he knew. But uh, I still needed, I don't know. Once he, once he's captured, now you're just watching this poor guy get tortured and killed. Like there's 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 no more suspense left. I, I just killed, I but he also Except the, stands the, by the, his the, convictions. Yeah, and uh, which I appreciated, and I did like the moment. Like honestly, the one fight back moment is him going, "Well, you better kill him next." And that's why I really like that moment. But I don't. I just wish. I just wish all of these movies, this entire genre of movie, I just wish there was some moment. Of just fighting back, I, I forget. I haven't seen Hereditary in a few years, but I forget. I feel like even that once, once the monster decides to make itself known, and that whole crazy shit goes down at the end, I don't even think there's there's much like escaping through the window and trying to get away. I, I don't know. That that's just my take on the genre. Oh, it, it ends well, in a treehouse. <laughs> a bunch of old naked people. Old naked people in a treehouse. Explain to you what the fuck just happened for the last two hours. To, to, I love the hereditary ending. I love I, that ending. I do love that ending. A lot of people do. I'm not that guy, um, but, but that's okay. Yeah, I. Yeah, I we think also covered. Uh, if this had ended sorry. with him getting away, if it, had, it then it it would have defeated a lot of the the course of the movie. It, it there's there's something to be said for the movies where you sit there and you watch it all the way through, and then they just randomly find some way out at the end, and you're like, well, fuck, you know. It, that's kind of lame. I don't need him to get away. And I don't need him to get away. I just right. wanted there to be a moment where he knows how much danger he's in. And yeah. we don't know if he'll make it. But I like do we, see the, the idea movie, of like yeah. the entire town shows up and they're all like, what do you do? I, I, I would have kicked Christopher yeah. Lee off that fucking cliff. Or any of That's them. That's what I said. I said, just, just, just bum rush him. Just go with him. Go down. Yeah. You um, know, you're dead. Although Nick, one of these fuckers Nick, out. Nick, Nick brought up brought up a good point. He was like, "Yeah, but if you fall on the rocks and live, that's probably even a slower, worse death than being burned in the Wicker Man." That's possibly true. Um, but at least you take Christopher Lee with you. Right. But uh, the the money makers, the advertisers for the production company that financed the whole movie, they hated it when they screened it, and they were like, "This movie will not make money unless it has a happy ending." And they they wanted God to suddenly open up rain clouds and the rain to put the fire out. That was what the advertisers of the production companies told the director to do. Sounds like a very 1973 way to end a movie like this. Well, I know that in England, I don't know if this was necessarily true for The Wicker Man, but I, I know in the 70s, England had not the best record for movies that had anything negative about Christianity, even in the slightest. Like they they kept, uh, was it Life of Brian from from playing in a lot of cities just right and that's not even that's just the satire yeah but so it, i don't know if that would have had anything to do with it in the early 2000s we did that with dogma you know it's it's yeah. it hasn't changed a lot uh there's still a lot of, of please don't fuck with our shit uh mm -hmm. from from religion when it comes to films and then they'll do uh three sequels of god isn't dead because that's yeah. better um but no i i i can understand that but what this movie does really doesn't seem to from the from the perspective of the watcher doesn't seem to demean Christianity at all. 
it 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 shows no. somebody who's very pious and Christian, and he stands by his beliefs, even in the 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 very bitter end. He's still sitting there praying to God, knowing he's dying, not to save him, but to save his eternal soul, and saying to them, you know, no matter what you do, my eternal soul will be reborn again. They're believing their beliefs, and it doesn't even really like he demeans their beliefs, but the film doesn't. You know, the film goes along with yeah. them still. No, and, and in a, in a way, that's almost like kind of admirable that they just let the audience make up their mind. Like they don't dress the townspeople in like, I think like the Nicolas Cage movie from, from the clips I've seen kind of dresses them like creepy, like weird Amish clothes or like they're very obviously from the get go in a weird cult. Right. Uh, but the, the Scottish people in the original just kind of dress like regular people in a rural town. They don't, you, they're not visually, they don't read as, oh, this is definitely a weird cult movie uh, where, where it's a guy. No, they, he, it slowly kind of like dawns on him that, oh, th this is why people are like this. Like, uh, like it, it's like 40 minutes into the movie that it, it's like he realizes that it's got a religious basis to all the creepiness. Why are all like your he kids singing and writing about phallic yeah. symbols? Why? Yeah, why yeah. It's, it's like when he when he gets into the school is when he realizes, oh, they don't learn anything about Christianity here. That's that's got to be the reason for the weird uh, horniness and and like uh, liberal sexual uh, attitude that the town's got because it, it just kind of seems like a kooky town at first. Not, also, not necessarily, oh, this is a cult. And it also doesn't show like a, a scan ahead of like if his death actually does fix the town or not. It, it doesn't take yeah. you past that moment. They believe that it's going to. Uh, he believes that it won't, but it never really says one way or the other. So again, you get to make the decision yourself. Uh, were the pagans right? Was the Christian right? Yeah, I'm very curious about that because I, I actually thought it was, I was expecting the movie to go in terms of oh yeah we do human sacrifices you know all the time or you know when the crops are bad we do a human sacrifice usually we don't but sometimes we do it's a tradition this is you're just another in a long line of people we've killed i was very shocked when they revealed that he was the first time they've ever done a human sacrifice and it was the first time uh right. that the crops had ever uh, had ever failed because they made such a point of how like uh, christopher lee's grandpa was this like brilliant botanist and I was really curious. I'm like, so why did the crops fail? If they, if you just have bad harvest seasons from time to time because of the climate, and you're blaming that on the on the gods, that's normal. That actually is history. That's that's what happened. But I thought it was really weird that his miraculous desert plants suddenly stopped working, and they they don't really address why. Was that in a, like a deleted scene? You think like? Oh, I don't know. mention like of it. He's actually like, this, knows. Uh, Woodward actually makes a mention of it. He's like, but that happens. That is realistic in the world is that there are some years that your crops are going to fail. And they're like, right. nope, but it should have happened more. It should, it should have happened more than once. It shouldn't, right. it shouldn't, this shouldn't have been the first time in 150 years. So when you take an idyllic town that everybody thinks is perfect and, and matches their, their outlook is, is our way of life is, is fantastic and nothing is wrong. And then you twist one important thing to make it seem wrong. There is a societal breakdown and the societal breakdown is, well, I guess we got to kill somebody. I guess you're right. Yeah, they, they really they freaked out and they were because I mean, obviously, they were kind of weird to begin with. But it is funny how the, there wasn't one. And I'm curious. I wonder because this is more of a modern trope. So I wonder if this is in the Nick Cage movie. But there wasn't one ally. There wasn't one townsfolk who was just like, 
maybe this isn't okay. Maybe I should help out the protagonist. You know, is usually one person who's like kind of on the inside. Right. Uh, this actually reminded me most, uh, and this might be this is probably older than Psycho. Uh, this reminded me of Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, the the short story, which uh, and it was a uh, made. I saw it first as a TV movie starring Kerry Russell and uh, I think Dan Cortez, the, the MTV oh. sports guy. But so the Shirley Jackson's The Lottery is a very famous short story about a town that to appease the gods they do a human sacrifice every year and it's done through a lottery. That's you the same a plot a as uh, Dragon Slayer. <laughs> And in the lottery, they get stoned to death. But there is and there is the main character who's the outsider coming in for the first time. And there is like a love interest, or at least in the movie, there was where she was just like she kind of liked the guy. She didn't want to kill him. I think she does. I think she throws a stone at him. But uh, you would think just to complicate the story a little bit, and make it a little bit more interesting. You would think either the librarian or Brit, Brit Eklund, especially you think one of the characters would, would get a, start to like the guy and then be like, try to get him out of there. Yeah, Brit Eklund, but no, the entire, treated, the entire town's brainwashed. Brit Eklund gets treated very much like, like she's, she's such on a pedestal of like, everybody wants to get with her. And uh, she apparently is making herself available to everybody. Like Christopher Lee brings her the young boy to lose his virginity, calls her Aphrodite. I guess he keeps talking about the old yes. God stuff. I wondered which gods he was really kind of calling back to because the only ones you heard named were things like Greek gods. But yeah, it, I and wondered like, if she yeah. actually had some spell that, that it was that she was more of a, a higher power than the, than what we were picking up. But no, she was just, she's some cute blonde that bangs everybody at the bar that her dad owns. And now, and between, and the fact that everybody, she was the most attractive and everybody knew her. And the fact that there was this one bar and this one library and this one hotel this brings up a point that before we started recording, I think uh, I wanted to bring up. So me and we were talking about Matt's town. This is his town that he moved to. Yes. Uh, and it's population of 900, you said. Yes. Which is crazy because there's buildings in, in Manhattan and Brooklyn that have more than 900 people, um, residents. Uh, so what size, what is the size of this town? Because at first I thought it was like a really tiny town, like in Tremors. Like like twelve people, but it seems to be a lot. It seems to be bigger, and like yes, there's like 30, 40 extras in the Wicker Man scene, but I'm not going by that. That's because of logistics; they just can't get that many extras. But the fact that this school has, you know, a dozen st female students around the same age, that already tells me, all right, you know, that's got to be some size population for them all to have twelve year old girls. So thank you, what Wikipedia. You uh, the total. Area is 1.67 square miles. Of what? The, the the town that I lived in, the entire town is 1.67 square miles. Matt, who the fuck cares about your town? I'm talking about the movie. You son of a bitch! I thought <laughs> you were movie. asking about where I lived. God. No, I was just I was just saying your bumfuck town reminded me of the bumfuck town from the movie. That was the whole point. Hurt my goddamn feelings, Jack. I thought nobody, you cared about me. Nobody for cares. Thirty-seven goddamn. Nobody seconds. cares about you. We will say nobody that nobody cares about you in Cheese Curd, Minnesota, wherever it, the fuck and, you live. And in Matt's town, he is the one that everybody sings songs about wanting to bang. So I'm pretty sure I get stared at every time I go somewhere. That's, that's fair. Oh. You wear the taco hat. All right. Wait, your town's really only a square mile. Uh, and almost, well, it's 1.2 thirds square mile, but yeah. So, 
if you throw a Nerf Vortex, you're going to hit city limits? Pretty pretty much. Is it yeah. like an island or something? No, I'm right what? in the middle of a fucking... Like... It's a field, you fucking oh. prick, you. Um, yeah, Nick grew um, up on a very tiny island in New York Harbor. He grew up in Governor's Island in New York Harbor. My town um, is 5.6 miles. Oh, uh, holy shit. Sorry. Uh, I just realized that a name of a beer came from this movie. Pliny the Elder. The from the Wicker. Isn't that a? Isn't that a? What? Isn't Pliny the Elder a, a, a like a Greek orator? Yeah. So that all came from the Wicker Man mythos, and uh, a brewery. Fuck! I gotta look up the name. It, it's gonna be where you're moving. They make a beer called Pliny the Elder. Um, I'm trying to find. Do you remember the name of this? That that uh island that they're on it's like celiac summer summer isle okay yeah close celiacs it's not a fucking viagra pill um wait so we need to rank this we need to rank this in about five minutes uh and wrap up because you got a heart out but um i I am curious what the size of summer isle that's what i'm looking at not the and by size yeah and by size i mean population i don't give i don't care how big it is I know it's based on the. I really, I got. I really want to see northern, northern England and Scotland. Well, uh, it seems like such a fascinating place. The unfortunate reality Speaking is of, that uh, the internet says that the population of Summer Isle is zero. Yeah, is it a real island? No, it's. It, there's no real Summer Isle. There are Summer Isles in Scotland. No relation to uh, Dorne. Where's the Summer? Oh, Isle? the Summer Isles. Oh no, no, sorry. There's a strict, Thrones, yeah. strict no Game of Thrones rule here. Sorry, Matt. I didn't even know what you were making a reference to. Matt, I've been trying to tell Matt he would love Game of Thrones. We Corey got agrees. halfway through the first season and I couldn't finish it. I'm sorry. Holy shit! God. Did you know that oh, the man. budget for this movie was five hundred thousand uh, British pounds and it only made fifty eight thousand dollars? Yeah, it flopped. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the rights issue is with the company if they own theatrical and and further releases, but I'm sure it's made its money back by now. Oh, I'm sure by now. Release that favorite role that he ever played. Christopher Lee is a passion project. He really, he really dug it for some reason. I mean, he's he's kind of like a uh, like a what do you call it? Um, Benefactor. Uh, Count like Dooku, an L, like an L. Ron Hubbard kind of cult leader. Oh, in the movie, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Also, I don't think it was brought up, but uh, for the audio listeners, uh, Matt's got his taco hat back on. I do. It helps me think. It's a good look. It's a good look. Well, I guess, I guess how does it rank in terms of movies dealing with an outsider coming into a cult? Like, so is there, are we fuck marrying kill? Uh, fuck marry killing this movie right now? Yeah. Or does anybody have, have any other major? Corey, do you have any major points you wanted to bring up? No, I don't think so. I think the, the the things that it reminded me of was was almost the most interesting thing about it for me. Uh, Nick, before we rank the movie, anything else you wanted to bring up about the film? Oh yeah, all the all the people in the town I think are named after types of trees: Rowan, yes. mm. Willow, Myrtle, Oak, ap- Apple. Uh, the uh, I was gonna make a haircut joke, but. It's a real tree as well, so it doesn't make sense. Never mind. I was gonna say I was gonna make a lemon tree joke. <laughs> you guys have lemon trees? <laughs> the barbershop chain. 
Oh, you know? no. I thought you were talking about actual lemon trees. <laughs> like the Simpsons? Yeah, exactly. That's um, what I thought of. Um, so, all right. Let's rank the movie traditionally. So I, they I, have I would scale. like to point out that I really appreciate the fact that when you're on the show, you just host it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for, for uh, this is my third beer, so uh, for once I might actually be as drunk as you. Well, I feel fine. I'm on number four, and I have to go back to work uh, after this. I, I I had Shake Shack before, so it absor- it absorbs all the alcohol. Um, so they do a fuck, marry, kill. Basically, would you fuck this movie? Would you marry this movie? Or would you kill this movie? Uh, what what would marrying it mean? Uh, you well, that enter a, a civil union. You. you get ta- you get tax you get tax like, breaks. I'm in a weird marriage right now. I don't don't mention <laughs> the marriage. <laughs> Uh, let's Jack, see. text me all the details on that marriage later, because now yeah, curious. we need to know about the marriage. Like, what's it's in, a... in terms of like marrying the movie or fucking so, the movie? So, like, okay, so that, you would what... you if you marry it, you would purchase it and keep it. If you fuck it, you would watch it and then you would send it back. You'd kill it. You just have really no interest in ever seeing this movie again. Uh, again, like I guess I'd texting it, it you up, even though I don't love it. I would it, I would be in a loveless marriage with this movie. <laughs> and that's a, that's a valid answer. We've had a lot of one night stands. That is fuck. I mean, I always assume fuck is a one marry is a one night stand because uh, if, if I, you're gonna if you get if you get to fuck it repeatedly, then that's no different than marrying it. That, that's oh, friends of benefits that we also that, have done. Right. That. There's there's people that you're willing to live with and build your life around being with, and then there are people that you just want to bang once in a while. You enjoy their company, but you don't want to keep them there all the time and let them invade uh, your space. And then there's kill. It's like, get this evidence out of here. I don't want anybody to know this happened. See, even outside of Podcast of Terror, I always took the fuck, marry, kill system to me. Like, like, you know, once or twice, fuck. If it's any more than that, that's kind of the same as marrying. But I, Again, I, it, I, it, I, I, I don't disagree. I see. I, now I'm seeing the nuance in the FMK system. Anyway, I would say I would fuck this movie. Uh, I'm gonna go with fuck. I, I I really didn't care for it, but I feel like for what it is, I'm I'm glad I watched what I watched of it. Never gonna do it again. But um, maybe someday I'll get the itch because I do really like these like psychological movies that aren't straightforward gory horror movies. Um, well, if you fuck Britt Eklund's character, you probably will get an itch. I, I that is worth it. Corey, uh, I'm. I'm going to say fuck as well. I, I think I developed more of an appreciation talking about it with you guys anyways. There's but that. it wasn't a bad film in the sense of like, I didn't despise it. I was just, wow, this is, I, I kind of figured out what was going on. Like you were saying, Jack, that it's it's obvious and everything. Um, but the journey is not not bad. The journey is actually pretty cool. Exactly. And, and all exactly. the singing stuff really, I was surprised but it did up my enjoyment. I was like, wow, this is, I was not expecting this at all from the movie. Because I'm not super into Scottish folk music. And I'm sure there are people that genuinely enjoy it. I mean, hell the, um, uh, Tom and Jerry, um, Hanna Barbera, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel's, uh, the, the original stage name is Tom and Jerry. Simon and Garfunkel has Scarborough fair. You know, it's one of their biggest hits. That that's a mm-hmm. that's an old folksy British song. But anyway, 
I'm sure there's people that like folk music. I don't. I found it weird and off-putting. And that was kind of, that, that worked for me. It was like, oh, this is, you know, it, I prefer that kind of creepy as opposed to jump scares. Like, that's probably a Nicolas Cage movie. I liked um, it when people right, were singing so, in the music in the film. I didn't like the music playing over the background stuff, like playing this yes. one song all the time. Yes, I agree. 100%. 100% I agree. Um, so, except for the dance. I don't know if the dance music was diegetic, but I did love that dance scene. Uh, they were, apparently it's in the it's number four on some websites top ten list, and I'm very curious what their top. I can't believe there's ten dance scenes in horror movies that can even fill out the list. I'm very curious to dig up this list. Uh, what I know isn't on the list because it came out after the list, but I would put on there is the remake of Suspiria has an incredible dance scene. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys. I have seen it. I have it. If you want it. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a dancing in uh, Return of the Living Dead with Anaya Quigley that I would imagine ah, is probably on that yes. list. Yes, um, yes, the, yes. Isn't there a dancing in Evil Dead where the the girlfriend's body like is picking up and dancing with her own head or something? I've only Evil Dead Two. I've only seen Evil, Evil Dead, Dead One. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The, I don't Evil know Dead Two. Like, like, more it's like a claymation dance. Yeah. I'm guessing Salma Hayek's dance and from Dustal Dawn is probably oh, somewhere God. on the list. Yeah, that's not number one. Yeah, that's probably up there. Um, okay, so we have a few minutes left. Please indulge me. If you don't want to, you can always shut me down. It's your show. I like doing the the traditional fuck Mary kill with three films. The comparison. I like that. We've we played that a few times when I'm on. We I will like always that. do I that like for it. you, Jack. Yeah. Okay. I w- I was going to include Midsummer, but since you haven't seen it, what are two similar movies that have we've all seen what are two cult movies that have we have all seen that would work for this? Well, rosemary's, rosemary's baby, baby. We have, we've all seen rosemary's baby you guys covered it yep uh what's the third cult movie you guys haven't seen house of the devil huh Mm-mm. i've not uh, uh, we boy. should cover it we should cover it. we have to cover that on my uh on my next non nick non hillary show so in in to be fair real quick since you brought that up um Judging by the conversation we have with Hillary, it does not sound like she will be back next week. So we could do House of the Devil next week if you're interested. Well, I'd be down. If Nick is down, I would love to cover. And tell me what you think about this, Corey, in terms of Matt. Uh, what if we covered just episode seven of Twin Peaks mm-hmm. season three, the black, the, the black and white episode? You think he I, needs the context? I don't know if the context helps in any way, shape or form. I don't know how to review that, but I would I would totally be down to do it. We'd probably just talk about Pornhub for forty five minutes and then. Uh, so an average show, yeah. yeah. So are we? I doing- mean, if, if, Matt was, if, Matt, if Matt was willing to watch uh, 30, 40 episodes of Twin Peaks in a week or two, I, I don't have the time to watch uh, forty episodes of Twin Peaks in the next week. It's not. Well, Nick, if, would if, you want to? If Nick would want, if Nick wants to do a podcast next Tuesday or or, or Sunday or whenever you guys no, record, next Tuesday works. Uh, okay, if you're down, I'll do Twin Peaks. If you're not down, I'll do it by myself, and we can do House of the Devil. Shrugging your shoulders isn't a fucking answer, Nick. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, a, a hard yes from Nick Noga. <laughs> it's a dedication. I mean, I like yeah, it's a dedication that's, that's really going to get you sacrificed. In a big wicker man. I mean, you've got you guys have heard Nick on on Wii Studios, right? Like, yes. what, you know, 
We got Nick on. Uh, we got Nick on worst episode ever. Yeah. All right. Yeah, right. I'm here. <laughs> so I guess um, we're, we're doing what? Uh, Nick is like Bruce Willis when he's being introduced by Ruby Rod in uh, Fifth Element. Like, <laughs> <laughs> great. Super green. Uh, no, I'm gonna leave final judgments because Corey is uh, and Nick, but but Corey knows Matt better. Uh, in terms Corey of Twin Peaks, give Corey a and shit Nick. What I like. I want to make sure that Twin Peaks. I mean, I would. I personally, I'd like to cover the entire thing or season three or something more that makes sense. But in terms of realistic, like what we're going to get you to watch, that would be the episode, the black and white episode. It, yeah, it were. I mean, you don't even need to know anything about Twin Peaks to watch that. Really, because it doesn't have no. much to do with. The it show. really fuck. I still think it's the greatest hour of tele in television history. I mean, it does and it doesn't. You have to. As a as somebody that knows Twin Peaks backwards and forwards, that episode is so enigmatic, and you have to like really rack your brain to see like how does this fit into any. Of also, it? Matt, you should watch it hypothetically. Okay, I can do that very easily. Uh, all right, let's do that. Let's do all right next Tuesday. Twin Peaks episode seven, I believe. Uh, it's called seven. There's a body. All right. Is that the um, one? Uh, Who knows. I don't know. I gotta check. We don't know. We don't know the name of the episode. Okay. Can you just tell me which one that I need to acquire, please? We don't. We don't know the. We don't even know the name of the show. To to anybody. Two mountains. Listening. I mean, it's the one. It's the one that's all in black and white. Starts with it starts. Yeah, the battle final explosion. We'll figure it out. We. I lost my Showtime password. My sister had to cancel her cable. So. It's part eight. It's it's part eight of the season. Oh, part eight. I'm sorry. White white light white heat. Part eight. I keep saying part seven. I'm sorry. Nope. No, that's okay. Although I would also do part four of the the, 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 the scene where, well, we'll talk. We'll talk about it next week with Dale Cooper going to the slot machines in the casino. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that, I, I watched that over and over. That and the black and white episode I showed to Jeff without context. I was just like, you got to watch this. The, the, the one with Bobby Briggs when he when he's the cop and he pulls that woman. Oh over my god! And, she, and just that random woman is just yeah. like freaking All right, the here, fuck Here's out. what we'll do: we'll watch that, but I'm going to send a couple of individual scenes to Nick from that from uh from the three seasons. Just see things that might be likely to come up, just so he has some background. I wish you just watched the show, but I have zero faith you ever will. So, I she has you to know, get old. I have to get old. I what I is happening? Oh, that that scene gave me so, so much fucking anxiety. You know what we haven't oh, done, and we could do conceivably uh, a Twin Peaks podcast. Well, no, I was gonna say Fire Walk with me. Ooh, I I, would, lo I love Fire Walk with me. I would. I prefer episode eight, but if the two of you vote fire walk with me over episode eight, oh, I will shit. go with that. Just fucking tell me what to watch. Fire walk with me is a movie. It's a self-contained movie. I know. I know what it is. I just, just tell me what you want me to watch. Fire walk with me. will spoil the first two seasons of the show. So it's a matter of whether or not you want to, but let's, the show would be better because it's less discussed that uh, that specific episode. Yeah, let's yes, do episode sir. eight. Let's yeah. do episode we'll eight. Do episode I'm excited. Eight. Okay. I will. I'm totally down for fire walk with me. Maybe uh, when uh, the week after that, Matt eventually, when Matt drinks himself into a coma and uh, Corey needs a guest host for a few weeks. Uh, and, well, uh, we so here, it. here's the thing. Um, this weekend, I'm super busy. Next weekend, less busy. Uh, so it, all I need is like a chunk of time 
where I can watch a lot of TV. Right. Well, this is only an hour. Right, right. So if you want me to watch two seasons of TV, I just need the time to do so. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. So, but I'm not opposed to doing it. For for now, we're doing episode eight. Okay. Season three, episode eight. So let it be. Of Twin Peaks. So remember last week, Matt was saying all this shit about, oh, we got to watch the stand. We got to watch the stand. I was gonna fucking watch the stand in a week if I if that's what the assignment was. Also, if if you want, I don't know if you guys ever had three guests on at a, at a time, but uh, Nick saw that I had recorded thinner for the podcast and was very excited. So if we want to do a Nick Hillary crossover, it. I've it's fine. I'm fine. It it just gets difficult for everyone to get a, a word in edgewise, but I'm not opposed what? to having what 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 huh huh what huh huh. huh? I was, I'm, I was so, gonna, I'm so old. I was going to ask so how we can tell Nick's excited. I assume you have to do like a braille across his chest. <laughs> He's just going to sit there with that, that fucking dead eye stare. <laughs> not say a word for two hours. We love you, Nick. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm used to the setup. Nick is literally staring at my paper towel roll that I set my webcam up. It's, He's it's like, not Why natural. is Corey so white? What is going on? I don't understand. <laughs> This is how um, I am in real conversations. It's not. <laughs> oh yeah, I I, I assumed that if Jack didn't think you could hang with us, he would not have in, uh, in, invited you to the show. So, I, I'm not at all worried. True. Yeah, I'm not at all worried about you and how you are. And I would hate I would hate to give the impression that I just bring my friends on the show. I have a lot of friends. Sounds like something I, I would do. that. I have a lot of friends. I would never bring them Fuck on the you, show. Corey and your fucking friends. nodding head. I would never bring my friends on the show just because they're my friends. I always, I know, I know, I've given you a lot of guests, and I hope quantity oh, is not mistaken for quality. No, they've all been great. Not a single person yeah. you have brought I, to the show we have. And not, not only, brought. not a, yeah, and not just. Be, and there's people I think would be great on a podcast in general, or or just in a specific way that wouldn't work with you guys. I always purposely try to find people. Oh, people who jive jive with you. Yeah, exactly. And by the way. Uh, to bring this full circle, our original guest, Hillary Mann, mm-hmm. uh, it's just absolutely just head over heels for both you guys. Like, we, you know, me, me and Hillary have known each other for, for 12 years. We, we, we text each other constantly. Uh, and she has just said she remembers you guys from the Alien Resurrection. And she always remembered you very fondly. But over the last Dope. few weeks, the last couple episodes, she is just she just loves the hell out I, of you. So guys. I had to go back and watch the episode of the detour she was on, and I didn't even recognize her. Of the what? The oh, detour. Uh, the detour. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I remember seeing the episode. And I remember She's seeing not- her in it, and I never recognized that it was her. But I'm still like, you're in the fucking detour. I love yeah. that show so much. Yeah. yeah. She's a regular Daniel Day Lewis. She just <laughs> dis- disappears into the roles. <laughs> All right. We have three <laughs> minutes. <laughs> We have three minutes. Uh, let's skip the fuck, Mary kill. Well, we you don't need it for this. It, we, but yeah. Oh, never mind. Never you mind. know what I mean. Yeah, Cor- yeah, yeah. Cor- Corey knows. The traditional. But let's. Uh, we're having. We're having a good time here. What, what can we cover in two minutes? What's What's something we can? Oh, I got here. I got it. Give me one second here. Oh, my night shift turned on. I'm such an old man. And Nick's um, uh, expression has yet to change. All right. <laughs> I can't. Re- I can't remember. I can't remember the melody. Hold on. This is the oh, one God. other stanza because I forgot. I forgot that one shoe missing only has two original stanzas and then four, no, five choruses. It has two. It has two original stanzas and five choruses. But it, here's the second stanza. 
fuck. I don't remember. You don't have you don't have a queued up, do you? One shoe missing. I, uh, one step closer. <laughs> I can't think. I can't. I can't. Please hold. Uh, I got it. I, I'm just, coming, I could try. I could try the. I could try to wing the melody. It would be about sixty seconds in. Sixty seconds in. All right, you got it. You know, like that was no, like sixty seconds in. <sighs> After the first. No, no, later, later, later. Later. The second okay. stanza. The second stanza. Right, right here. No, 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 turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. We'll wait. I, I, all right, let me just try to wing this. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the melody. So I'm, I'm. And obviously, my singing voice is perfect. So this is because I don't know the melody. <laughs> Unless you want to try. No, not at all. I don't know. I don't know the song. All right. All right. You don't know Lincoln Park? I can't. I don't know the melody. Fuck. I can't get open a box drink. My laundry won't stop coming out pink. Can't figure out a revolving door. I just end up on the floor. Walk to the beat of a different drum. Where's my equilibrium? I'm just a klutz. And then I redo the chorus. Can't open a bag of chips. I'm a spaz with one shoe missing, and I'm about to trip. And then I have the the scream rage. You know, the the fourth stanza scream rage. Teach me, teach me how to tie my own shoe. Teach me, teach me how to tie my own shoe. Teach me, I'm about to trip. And then the chorus kicks back in. That's not bad and at that's all. That's a song. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. All right. Nick, Jack, thank you very much. Jack, where can people find you on the nets of the inner? I'm on Jamad. Uh, Jackie No Breaks. Uh, please follow Jackie No Breaks on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow We Studios Pod. Uh, there will be six new episodes of Worst Episode Ever and uh, at least one episode of 90s percentile uh the fact that uh, hillary's uh sitting on the bench for a little while might slow down further episodes but there'll be at least a few more 90s p uh that's at we studios pod i'm at jackie no breaks and please go to my website me script if you are a screenwriter uh looking for notes on your script i could really use the money i'm gonna be a dad in, in six weeks and i could use the freelance money so please 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 come to my website uh, and hire me as your script reviewer, notes giver, slash script doctor, me scriptreadgood.com. And Nick Noga has infamously been off social media, but he stepped up his game because we've been going to Black Lives Matter protests together. Attaboy. And we're 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 uh, we're trying to be progressive. And Nick has a Twitter now. And what is that Twitter? We don't know. And he has an Instagram. And what is your Instagram? We don't know. But uh, he's I he's he's up there though. Pretty sure I have one. He's he's up there somewhere. Uh, what, oh, is actually, we channel. don't know. That would be perfect. <laughs> your YouTube channel is uh, Scrumtulescent. Oh yeah, yeah. Do we know the spelling? Uh, I had to I had to misspell it on purpose. We don't know. Someone, but but, uh, but he's online, and he's a talented filmmaker, and he's got some funny YouTube videos. And you should follow his Twitter. And he just can't figure out how you could possibly do that. 
and he'll be back so next. Your name's in there. Oh yeah, he'll be back next week, and we will look that stuff up for you next week. So tune in to hear our takes on Twin Peaks. Corey, uh, how about you? What do you want to do? Uh, just go to donutscomics.com. You can check out the comics by Levi Krauss, uh, one of my best friends and heroes, and the person who did the cool Twin Peaks art behind me. And uh, he's been posting weekly the uh, graphic novel for Levi's World, Insanity is a Virtue, uh, which should be finishing up the sixth issue pretty soon. And hopefully, at some point, we'll have an announcement coming up about some other project. Hooray. Oh, awesome. Yes. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Lifeguard. Uh, my band, Drown the Lifeguard, is a new EP came out this year. Uh, we haven't actually announced it yet, but we're doing a live show Friday night that's going to get released sometime after the 4th of July. Um, I have some fun stuff set up. I'll be there. Well, it, it's not... I'm coming to, it's not being... I'm coming to your live show. Oh, all right, cool. No, I'm coming to your live show. Cool. Nope. Let me know. I'll pick you up. I'll start, I'll start the mosh pit. That's fine. It'll just be you and like one other guy, but that's cool. It, I'm into he'll it. just be in the middle of the mosh pit tripping. <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> Nick looks so unimpressed See, with three beer Jack. I, I but are you impressed that I know how to mosh? I've been I, to hardcore I, shows. I love it. I love every second of it. I used to be at Long Island had a huge hardcore scene. I fucking tell me about it. I'm well aware. But uh that's an another package dirt. Uh, stay scared, everybody. <laughs>